What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 391st episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I am your host, SBJ. With me is Will. Uh, it is now, what, the second weekend in January? Um, if you are planning on giving up on the gym, now's the time to do it, friends. Now is the time to give up, and please make room for Will again. That's my anti-clanging and banging sentiment. All right. It, I mean, it's bad, but... Greg, also here, also probably complaining about people in the gym. Well, okay. There's This is like a two-fold problem. It, it's, one, people who actually want to make a change, like, who would probably enjoy the gym, pick this time of year when it's just full of people. And nobody knows what they're doing. And so you're getting this false perspective of a super, super j- busy gym when in March, there's like five of us there. And that's the time to join the gym because you could actually get staff to help you to have room in the locker room. Right now, it's just a mess of people. And a lot of them are just standing around because they don't know what they do. And there's not enough staff to help them. It's and just also madness. A mess of people who don't understand basic gym courtesy. Such as, if someone is standing next to a piece of equipment, facing the piece of equipment, most likely they're planning on using that piece of equipment. Don't just go and sit on it right in front of them without even asking, hey, were you going to use this? (laughs) Oh, I got so mad. (laughs) Let me me tell you about Ring Fit Adventure. I know, I could do that at home. You could. You could. You could. You won't, but you could. It's even supported by Apple Watch. This is like makes it even better. <laughs> get, enough, get all that Pilates on. Well, speaking of Pilates, there was a Pokemon announcement. There was. What? I don't, I don't think there was any Pilates in it, though. Was this but it, about... But they both start with uh, P, so that was my transition. Oh. Is this about trade evolutions? Y- yes. Wait! We have a huge show for you guys. We're going to get right into it, actually. There is some Pokemon Go no- news and some other news, but we're actually going to just... Start off with the good stuff here. And Build-A-Bear is bring. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> There's no Build-A-Bear news. Isn't the, didn't we discover that Build-A-Bear, if you brought your Eevee in, they'd rip it apart and make it into a new one? I've heard that rumor. Yes, yeah, so well, they'll, they'll that take out actually... the stuffing and restuff a new one with it. It's evolution. <laughs> pretty, pretty good if they did that. Yeah, there was a uh, Pokemon Direct on January 9th. And it was 20 minutes long, which is one of the longest Pokemon Directs ever, if not the longest, I think. I think it was 20 minutes and 26 seconds, if you were counting. And I think the longest one prior to that was like 19 minutes and 26 seconds, which I think was the one right before X and Y came out. So uh, there was a lot of assumptions that this was going to be in regards to Pokemon Home and Pokemon Sleep and ideally Detective Pikachu for the Switch, which I think a lot of people have forgot about that that's still in development. And it was not that. Uh, There was also a side of people that thought that this was maybe going to be the 2020 fall game, whether that was a Gen 4 remake or a Gen 2 remake, an ultimate Pokemon MMO that had every... (laughs) Whatever your fantasies were, that was dubbed probably highly unlikely since the fastest we've ever gotten a Pokemon game announcement after another Pokemon game uh, was when they announced Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, what we know, now know as Sword and Shield, which was five months after Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. As of this recording, Sword and Shield, believe it or not, 
not even two months old. What? what? I guess logistically, it would be really weird for them to say like, hey, we spent all this work in a brand new generation of Pokemon <laughs> with a brand new anime that isn't even out yet and a brand new trading card game format that isn't even out yet to announce another video game. Um, they did not do that. Uh, but they did something which uh, I guess people have opinions on. But this was emailed to me. This is the press release that they sent out. Obviously, it's kind of hard to cover a 20-minute video. Um, so we're going to read what they wrote. Pokemon Sword Expansion Pass in Pokemon Shield Expansion Patch... Pats... Not Patch... To launch 2020 with two sets of additional content. And then in subtext, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX for Nintendo Switch was also announced. This is where you guys are going to be like, oh, the, oh my gosh, an expansion pass. No, oh. I'm just like, um, it, I, I was like, is that the entirety pass. of the press release? Oh, right there? <laughs> it's actually really long. Um, the Pokemon Company International and Nintendo announced new downloadable content. They call that DLC here. For the Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield video games, the Pokemon Sword expansion and the Pokemon Shield expansion pass will contain the Island of Armor and the Crown Tundra expansions, two separate adventures that will enable fans to meet new characters, catch newly discovered Pokemon, and explore new areas of the Galar region. Available now exclusively on the Nintendo Switch systems, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield are the fastest-selling Nintendo Switch titles of all time, and the highest grossing launch of any Pokemon game with more than 6 million units sold worldwide during launch weekend. I'm just going to uh, repeat that sentence real quick for... Uh, <laughs> for prosperity's sake? For, or? All, for maybe all the national Dexers who might still listen to the show. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Av <laughs> Available ex now exclusively on the Nintendo Switch systems, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield are the fastest-selling Nintendo Switch games of all time. And it had the I highest... hard to believe. Gross well... With all the shortcuts they took. <laughs> and the highest-grossing <laughs> launch of any Pokemon game. And the lack of content... With more than 6 million units sold during launch weekend. So that's like a weird sentence. It is a weird sentence. The, the first, I don't know if it's written weird, but you definitely read it weird. So the first part makes make sense. Faster selling than Zelda. Mario. Mario Party. <laughs> what other else? Breath of the Wild? Breath of the Wild. But to be fair, Breath of the Wild came out the same day the Nintendo Switch came out. Mm, true. You, you would have it had would to buy a hard, yeah. Switch and it Zelda at the same time. What about Katamari Damacy? You know, I think I think I think Pokemon has a slight that edge. That was not the hot. That's not the hot seller you think it is. Well, it is in my house. It is. It is in this house, but we are a minority. The highest-grossing launch of any Pokemon game with more than six million units sold worldwide during launch weekend. That is a weird sentence, because they say the highest grossing launch of any Pokemon game, which would mean that the Pokemon game that made the most money, and then they say 6 million units, and then they say launch weekend. So what's a, what is a launch weekend to them? Is that Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Is that Saturday, Sunday? Is that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? It's probably like similar to movies, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say that. Actually, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Thursday Sunday. night, midnight. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
Remember when new music albums used to come out on Mondays at midnight? <laughs> I remember yeah, those, like lining up release, at the record store. New release Tuesdays were a big deal. Of course, it didn't matter that they came out at midnight because nothing was open. Well, no, there there were some albums that came out where but the record store would open at midnight and you, they would line up and you're like, oh, I'm going to get Radiohead's OK Computer. That was pretty rare, though. <laughs> it's no Harry Potter. Eh, maybe not rare here, but in D.C. it was pretty popular. You get this out of the way real quick. During the Pokemon Direct presentation, the Pokemon Company International Nintendo also unveiled Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. This game revisits the classic Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Red Rescue Team, and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Blue Rescue Team, which were originally released in the U.S. in 2006. Now, uh, the Nintendo Switch systems and the updated visuals of a stunning picture book art style, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX launches on... March 6, 2020. I am actually excited for this because I had, I, I remember the, the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, the first ones came out. They actually came out as both Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS titles, yep. if you recall that. Yep. And I had one on a trip that I took to Dallas because 2006 was a really hard year for me. And I just, I remember I had the player guide and the game and I was super excited for it and eventually that petered out because I had too many other things to do with my life so I'm kind of like excited to look at the first Pokemon Mystery Dungeon again on the Switch and then see like mm, maybe it's going to reignite my spark for it there's more information about that but we'll, we'll we'll circle back to the Mystery Dungeon stuff here in a little bit so that was all that was in the announcement was they opened with the Mystery Dungeon stuff which I have thoughts on then they went into the expansion pass, and then they said that Pokemon Home will be coming in February, but no details at the time, which is both like exciting and worrisome. Yep, <laughs> but they're like, cause... hey, next month, this huge thing that's supposed to appear on your Switch and your phones is supposed to come out, and it's supposed to be better than Bank, but we have no details. <laughs> We're not going to tell you anything about it. At this point, I'm suspecting... That it's going to come out on Switch, but not on the phones right away. I bet that I bet that part's going to be delayed. I would agree with you, and that's fine. It's not the end of the world. I just I just need a place to dump my Pokemon and Sword and Shield, or so whatever it is, as long as it lets me dump my Pokemon. Agreed. All right, the uh, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield expansion pack. Trainers will be able to jump right into the adventure with the same save data that they've been using to play Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. They will also be able to begin exploring the Island of Armor and the Crown Tundra at almost any point in the main games. Whether a trainer has recently started their journey in the Gala region or is well along a path of becoming champion, they will be uh, able to enjoy the new content as soon as it's released. And there's a little one here. So bullet point number one. <laughs> Players will, footnote, 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 footnote. Players will need to reach the wild area in Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield in order to explore the Island of Armor or the Crown Tundra. This occurs about two hours of gameplay, though individual gameplay may vary. That's pretty fair, I think. Yeah. Get to the wild area, which is still before the first gym, and you will be able to go to the other areas. Uh, is this where we like speculate of like what this like what happens exactly in this content if 
What's to speculate? They told us everything. It's, <laughs> you, you go to the fighting dojo, you have your, your yeah. rival, you get to play with a slowpoke, which, let me say, before anybody else gets to speak, if you do not catch Galeran's slowpoke in a heel ball, you've done it wrong. Galeran's slowpoke is yellow and pink. A heel ball is yellow and pink. But they what were if you did each that? other. What if you're trying to get a shiny one? Then the heel ball doesn't match it anymore. Uh, but look, shinies are wasted on me. <laughs> <laughs> when when do I when do I get to d- express my disappointment about DLC? Soon we gotta get through the right. DLC. <laughs> oh, no, you don't get to because I'm gonna not let you. I'm gonna I'm gonna filibuster. So there's, there's always hate. so when I when I when I stream on Twitch, there there are I get I get the benefit of people being like I love the podcast and I can't believe Will hasn't beat the game yet. So I get a lot of that. Yeah, Jeez, I, I get, get that, that on Twitter too. too. Y'all can stop, okay? Y'all, <laughs> I am doing me, my best. They want me to help you, and I'm like, I can't. There's no helping, Will. No, okay, okay. What do the, you want me to here, do? Here's the update for the week. I was like, <laughs> let me make this interesting for myself. So I was like, you know, what? I would really enjoy having an all ghost type team. So I put together this nice, pretty well balanced all ghost type team. I think I was like, this is going to be fun, and I played for like ten minutes, and literally. Every Pokemon I was up against knew a dark type move and used a dark type move and wiped out my ghost type team. Why is Galar full of everybody playing dark type moves and making this game miserable for me? Why couldn't I just have a pass on that? 200 IQ. Which Gal- is... Galar's playing 5D five, five chess. Five, yeah. Yes, Galar's yes. Playing Galar's playing 5D chess. chess and, and I'm like, I'm not here for it. I'm, checkers. Look, look, here's news flash. This game has converted me into a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon player. That's, That's how bad life ooh, has become. Well, Just try to play Mystery Dungeon. We'll see how long that lasts. See, so the, so the the theory all weekend was Will is going to hate the DLC and Greg is going to love the DLC. What? What? <laughs> you fools. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Mm. But going back to, you can go to the new DLC at any point in time. How, I guess, are they going to scale it if you're level 15? And how are they going to scale it if you are level 100? What, granted, you beat the game. If there's like more story content. I, I doubt that they're See, going to scale it at all. They're going to do it like the wild area where you go and it's just like, well, you're level four Pokemon, but you're running into this level 50 Pangoro. The wild area stuff makes sense. But if there's like trainers you have to right. battle to, you know, if, if if for some reason this fighting dojo is, let's assume that it's like a gym gym challenge. Like what level is that gym challenge going to be at to get to the end of the fighting dojo to... I assume well, the no, fight, no. fighting jo- dojo is going to do something. I, I, don't, I don't assume that that's just going to be a gym challenge and then you're done and then you never go back to it again. I'm assuming it's probably a mechanic that, I don't know, like yeah. ch- changes Rotom or uh, Landorus or teaches your starters how to Dynamax or something. It worries me that there's, that there's not going to be a lot of story. That they are just going to be expanded wild areas, and maybe a little bit of, hey, this feature opens, like the dojo is akin to the nursery or to the battle tower, and there's not much more to it. I'm worried, 
I'm worried about that with this sort of, you can go there at any time. Because if it's just a wild area, eh. No, so so what I'm thinking is when they say you can go there at any time, is like you can go and you can do the part that is the wild area part where it's like the free roaming camera and you like can go in any direction and visit any area. But once you get to the actual dojo building and try to start doing tasks in the dojo building, that those will be gated and that you'll have to be at certain levels in order to do those sections. And it's like you can come here. Doesn't mean you're going to be able to do anything, but yeah. you can come. That's probably realistic, and I, I guess, yeah, Greg makes a good point, where it could be, like, the battle tower? Is that what you said? Where yeah, they could just be like, all right, this might be a series of challenges, but we're going to scale you to 50. Yeah. Uh, which I think maybe is, like, the best way to do it. But, when I think of battle jo- then, dojo, I think of, like, oh, it's probably a lot of battles. Th- see, this just sort of tackles on my nervousness about Paying $30 for another battle tower and a new wild area. I'd pay $30 for more wild area. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I would pay $30 for an extra battle tower. Since I haven't even gone through battle tower in the first game. Yeah, I'm just, okay. I'm concerned. I have strong concern. All right, let's break this down even more. The Island of Armor is scheduled to release at the end of June 2020. The Crown Tundra in the fall of 2020. Assume probably November. <laughs> probably November. Probably November, yes. The po- also, does anybody else find the sort of Japanese-Chinese style that they have for the clothing and for the main character of Isle of Armor a little? They have of- a large immigrant community from East Asia... That and only live on this island? Have you met large immigrant communities when we, before? When we, because, yes. It, it makes a little bit more sense when we get to the legendary Pokemon, I think. We'll circle mm. back to the, the... I mean, I know what you're talking about, and I don't agree, but... Okay, all right, good. I'm glad that you're the negative one this episode, <laughs> and Will has redemption. <laughs> uh, the tables have turned. I mean, there is one very simple reason why I am all in on this content and if people didn't recognize that just from the video then you guys don't know me at all okay (laughs) i thought you did the pokemon sword expansion pass and the pokemon shield expansion pack will include both sets of content this is also very confusing and i had to explain this like a million times this weekend which will be available for pre-purchase for a suggested retail price of 29.99 starting later today january 9th Both expansions will include new areas to explore, new discoverable Pokemon, clothing items, handy features, and more. In addition, fans can receive a special bonus while purchasing the expansion pass, a Pikachu uniform, and an Eevee uniform. Fans will be able to receive the Pikachu and Eevee uniforms in Pokemon Sword and Shield by using the codes they will receive after they purchase the expansion pass. So I just want to get the price thing out of the way. This was very confusing. I'll make this as simple as I think I can. If you own one copy of the game, let's just say you went out and you bought Pokemon Sword because you liked Wolf having a sword in its mouth, you're a huge Dark Souls fan, you only, at most, have to spend $29, 30 bucks. You will get both Tundra and the other uh, armor for 30 bucks. gets you both. Well, plus tag. If you like, it's twenty nine ninety nine plus tax. It's like thirty three bucks. If you own both copies of Sword and Shield, 
because you wanted to give Game Freak $120 instead of $60. Then you have to give them another $60 if you want both. 30, another 30. Oh, you, oh, okay. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, yes. If you want both for both games. Now, I don't know if they're going to, you know, if you're going to be able to walk into Target, they're going to have a little DLC thing on the shelf, and that will probably not work and be compatible. I don't know if they're going that route. We also don't know if for, like, Christmas, they're going to sell maybe, like, an Ultimate Edition or an actual physical copy of these games that already have both on the shelf. Ideally, there's still an importance to having your game on, on retail shelves. Well, also, when you go to the the menu screen in-game, like to the save menu, there is now a link that says, click here to get the expansion pass. Yes. It's like no thought required. I think, at least from where I'm coming from, I don't actually know if it's worth it to buy it on both games. Because most, and everyone's different, but most people who buy both games, they do it because they want to like trade with themselves and they want to catch you know, both zombies. Like, a lot of people aren't giving away their Zashian or Zamazenta. So if you buy both games, you'll be able to get both, transfer them into one, and most people have, like, a main game. Like, my main game is Shield. Mine too. But I have gone my ha- I have gone through Sword because, no, like I said, no one's going to trade me their Zashian. No one's going to trade me their Type Null. They probably evolved it to Savali. But, like, if I bought the DLC on Shield and I go through it, unless I want to, like, experience that, like, DLC specifically again... But at that point, we don't even know how much story there is. So is it worth it to buy it on a game I barely played to go through a wild yeah. area when I can get all the benefits of a wild area and the other one? So I don't know if you really need to buy both if you own both games. I mean, there's a couple of things that I... I mean, I I bought both. We do know that there's probably going to be exclusives between both. Definitely. Um, And I think the Isle of Armor legendary that has two forms might be exclusive to each there's that so i have purchased <laughs> both i i mean i as 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 much as i'm skeptical about this whole thing i have paid them my 60 dollars because of the potential for exclusive exclusivity yeah okay so the difference here between the two in the island of armor in this expansion trainers will head to the island of armor uh, the stage of a new adventure in the Galar region. The Island of Armor is a giant island full of environments not seen in Galar before. The players will find wave-swept beaches, forests, bogs, caves, and sand dunes. There are also plenty of Pokemon that will make the island their home, living freely uh, amid the lush natural surroundings. There's even a dojo there that will specialize in some very particular training styles. Trainers and their Pokemon will take up apprenticeship under the master of this dojo to train hard and become stronger. The Crown Tundra, on the other well, hand, do, are we are we not going to talk about the other new Pokemon in the Isle of Armor? I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go in order here. <laughs> uh, what order? I have the order of the press release. Press release order. Oh. I don't have it. Send it to me. This expansion is set in the snow-swept realm of the Crown Tundra. The Crown Tundra features a beautiful, shining, silvery landscape. In this frigid area with the jagged wintered mountains, people live in small communities where they rely on each other. SOS confirmed. That's not true. Uh, a certain Pokemon will appear... A certain Pokemon will appoint the player as the leader of the exploration team in the Crown Tundra, where trainers will be tasked with investigating the reaches of this frozen land. 
Here, trainers will be able to explore the full depth of Pokemon Dens, which they've only been able to see a glimpse of in Max Raid Battles. So you're going underground. It's fascinating. So you get to go and actually explore the full den. Like, instead of just popping in, fighting the thing at the opening, and then leaving, like, you get to move around in these things. And you're going to find out where they're hoarding all those TRs and berries. Yeah, but what's, like, a full den? Is a full den, like... I went through the Ultra Wormhole, I made it to Celestila's land, and I, like, did the most simplest puzzle ever to then encounter Celestila. Probably. Newly discovered Pokemon. Let's start off with Cubfu, which is the wu- the Wushu Pokemon. It is a fighting type. Two feet tall, American feet, of course. 26.5 American pounds. So probably a little bit heavier than your cat. A little bit. The ability Inner Focus. Cubfu will appear in the Island of Armor. This Pokemon is hardworking and strives to train both its body and its mind. It uses each to defeat as motivation, training itself with even more vigor after a loss in order to grow stronger. It has an organ that produces fighting energy in its lower abdomen. And before heading into battle, Cubfu will release energy through unique breathing techniques and intense focus. Wild Cubfu live in the mountains, uh, mountainous areas far away from the Galar region, but it was once a species that called Galar its home. It's noted in historical texts that this Pokemon species used to head to uncharted lands with people as they set out to trade or explore. Records suggest that Cubfu living in faraway mountains today have descended from Cub. Foo, cub foo, cub foods that became naturalized yeah. to the distant lands in visited journeys. Cub foo, the conqueror Pokemon. No, the, the Wushu it. Pokemon. Oh, sorry. I, I liked it better the first time they did it, and it was called Pancham. Thank you. <laughs> Pancham was robbed. Pancham has been robbed. That's all I had to say. I don't on know. This I kind of like how some Pokemon are very similar to each other. Like, Deance and, uh, the thing that no one cares about. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, you mean the the mechanical Pokemon? No, 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 no. Well, I mean that too. Uh, the, the gem crit, the thing that Sableye eats. What's it called? I can't remember this Pokemon's name. I'm the worst host ever. What is it called? The one that's like Rock Fairy or yeah, something? Yeah, like Carvink. <laughs> Not to but be confused Dian- with Carcoal. D- Wait, Deancey is a Carbink. It's a special Carbink. Yeah, but they're not, like, Carbink doesn't evolve into Deancey. But no, but still, still in the lore, Dancy is a special carbink. It's not just like where they like copied and pasted Pancham <laughs> and then just took the leaf is out of its a, mouth and said, thing? "Okay, you're the cutie fighting Pokemon now, Pancham. You're yesterday's hot trash." I think they maybe allude to it being a sudden transformation of a carbink. All right, never mind. The Pokedex entry yeah. says, "Look, it is a, it Will is Anderson a, does been doing Pokemon of the Week for a fair number of years to have picked up on that little nugget of knowledge right there." There, there is like Love so, Disc and Alola Mola. Yes, which should have been connected. There's Mill Tank and Tauros should have been connected, and Buffalot somewhere out there, <laughs> somewhere out there, Buffin. So, but that's let's like I not. In zoo- as as your resident zoologist for the next forty five oh. seconds, 
like alligators and crocodiles. Degree? They're kind of similar, but it's not. It's actually pronounced zoologist. Thank uh, you. You know, frogs and toads. I, yeah, no, I, I, I like the design. Um, I still think, I still think that the that clear Japanese influence just is a little weird. Out uh, like Taiwanese influence. It could be. I mean, I don't know exactly where the headband style comes from. Wu Tang Clang. That's why it's the <laughs> Wushu Pokemon. Does, that makes sense. Well, what fighting? What fighting style is Wushu? Like, oh, Wushu is Chinese. Is oh, okay, it? yeah, yeah, that sounds right. I, the, you are asking. Now I'm looking up Wushu. Wushu okay. the sport. Wushu you... or Chinese kung fu? Yes, it's uh, Chinese. Wushu is the where they smoke it, and it's like shredded cabbage, and you no. eat it with the little pancakes. No, mm, I that's love Wushu, Wushu pork. Mm. You know, you can't have that because of soy. Don't you tell me what I can and cannot have. <laughs> I mean, I'm not telling you. Your body's telling you. I can't even tell you a lot about American history. The only thing I learned in grade school, elementary school, and high school is there was a civil war. And Abraham Lincoln and slavery. That's pretty much all they reiterate, at least in NPS. Wow. What about George Washington? Uh, I don't think we learned anything about George Washington. Thomas oh, Jefferson? Wow. I want... <laughs> I don't think so either. I'm being completely you, honest. I, you I, have it was... listened to the Hamilton soundtrack. I know this to be true. <laughs> I know who you are married to. You have been forced to listen to the Hamilton that's, soundtrack. That's true. I didn't learn that in NPS. I'm just saying <laughs> NPS just reiterates the Civil War over and over again. Milwaukee Public Schools. Yes. I feel like there's like a small amount of history with Europe and China. I mean... Right. There is. I mean, so, like, it's playing a little bit off of the whole Marco Polo idea. Like, they went out with traders, and then they all left completely and just stayed there? Like, okay. Like, there are no no of the original left. Like, everybody took them and were like, well, we're going to Asia. I'm I'm confused on the direction of this. Are they saying that the, the... What was his name? Kung Pu? Kubfu. Uh, Kubfu. Oh, they just... Mm, Kubfu. I don't know. That's a pretty good name. <laughs> that it came from... Yeah, it's yeah, it's like half Cub Chew, half Pan Jam, whatever. Yep. That it came from Galar and went to Asia, or that yes. it came from Asia to Galar? Now it's come back from Asia to Galar. It started, and they all left, apparently? Yes. Or enough of them left that the species died out? Dark. And then uh, yeah. now they're back now because they've opened up this dojo on the Isle uh, yes. well, of Arbor. Well, that's just, uh, what is it called when all the continents are crammed up next to each other? Gaia? Pangea. No. Pangea. Yeah, that's, it's just that bit right there. No, they specifically say they left with people on trade. There were vast traders on Pangea. You don't know. You weren't there. I was there. I'm immortal. Did, that's disturbing. Did Pangea have a civil war <laughs> and was Abraham Lincoln yes. involved? It, well, Abraham Dinosaur Lincoln okay. was involved. Okay, so I, <laughs> I I saw some people being very... I saw a couple negative... So some negative comments about this because prior to these games coming out, they said they really thought about the Pokemon that would live in the Gala region, and then some people complained that, yes, Europe or Great Britain is full of cactuses and elephants. Obviously, that's not true. Obviously, every Pokemon that is in Galar... I mean, isn't specifically. I can can feel it with the cactus, but if you're going to try to make a case that 
elephants with England's relationship, mostly negative relationship with India, doesn't mean that they would not have elephants. That's like that's like glossing over that bit uh, of history. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> like, yes. Even the with the name, are, the name of the Pokemon is like almost it, derived, derived from yeah. an Indian term. Yeah, it's. The in, the elephant belongs there, whether you like it or not. Whether you want whether you want to like talk about the dark history with India and the and the expansion of the British Empire, like mm, I can see about the cactus, but not about the elephant. Lack and of honestly, lack of lily pup and Stoutland and stuff were was also if, a complaint. But if they really wanted it to just be like British animals, it would be like six ugly birds and a badger, <laughs> and and a grand bull. <laughs> sure, and Yamper because corgis. I can get behind the the Chinese, maybe generalized Asian theme of cub fu in a British game because, as somebody, it's <laughs> gonna be lost on some people. Yep. As somebody who watches watches a lot of Japanese wrestling, they love to go out of their way to say that this m- Japanese megastar wrestler. Couldn't make it in Japan, so they went to Mexico. It's always Mexico. Always. They'll be like... Well, because Mexico has a big history of luchador fighting. Right, so they'll, yeah. they'll always say, like, this wrestler who is now a megastar in Japan, this Japanese wrestler who's a megastar in Japan, didn't become a megastar until they realized that they couldn't make it. They went to Mexico for four years. They learned the Lucha Libre style. They became this huge star in Mexico. They came back, and that's what made them a huge star in Japan. This is always the story of Japanese wrestling. I can definitely suspend my disbelief of this Pokemon started in Europe. It couldn't make it. It went to an Asian country. It became. It, it learned. It learned the way of Wushu, and then it came back. Like, that makes sense to me. We're going to gloss over the problematic of couldn't make it and went to the mystical East to learn fighting. Like, we're just, <laughs> we're just going to, we're just going to drop that whole line right now and say Ugh. problem, but fine. They did it. Isn't that the story of the Iron Fist? Yes. Ugh. Aren't there a lot of movies, though, that have this, like, trope of. Yes. It, okay. yes that's why it it's called problematic. That's why it's problematic. <laughs> I mean, is it really a trope, though, if Japanese wrestlers are legit going to Mexico and then learning and then coming back? Yes. Because yes, they're not legit going to Mexico, are yeah. they? No, no, they, they, are, they are. I oh. mean, it is still a trope. I mean, it's a reverse trope, but it's still a trope. This is a legendary Pokemon. Trope mm-hmm. or not, it, it evolves. <laughs> it evolves to Urshifu, which has two different forms? Which one will be sword, one will be shield. Pick which is which right now. Which do you think is which? I don't Single strike and rapid strike. One is fighting dark. One is fighting water. I'm going to say the water one is shield. I agree. Do we have any other water fighting? Fighting water Pokemon? Yeah, Polly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Polly original. Polly slap. What what is it? Poly wor- it's polywrath. 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 Is Keldeo not Got water there. fighting? Yeah, well, Keldeo's water fighting too. This is fighting water. It's different. Because <laughs> <laughs> the fighting's first, the water's second. Yeah, Keldeo, Polywrath, and Urshifu are the only three that would be water fighting. That's fine. I was just curious. Both 6'3, both 231 pounds with the ability Unseen Fist, which is a new ability that they don't 
describe. They don't. Uh, Cub Fu will evolve into Yurshifu after it has undergone significant training. It seems that Urshifu has two forms, Single Strike and Rapid Strike. It appears that each form has different types as well. Urshifu, Urshifu in a Single Strike form style battles without holding anything back. When enraged, it will mercilessly attack its opponents until utter defeat. The Single Strike style Urshifu's movements are also direct and involve rushing forward in a straight line. It will keep its distance from opponents at first and only leap in close instantly to deliver a powerful blow. Urshifu in rapid strike style maintains a calm demeanor, observing their opponents and measuring their strength while dodging attacks. A rapid style Urshifu will use the flowing movements to battle smoothly to parry an opponent's movements and then overwhelm the opponent with a furry, fur, flurry or furry, of rapid strikes. Furry, furry, furry flurry of blizzards. So we've had a couple of Pokemon, legendary Pokemon evolve before, specifically Cosmog into Cosmoum. Yeah. Into yeah. those. Yeah. It's the new thing. It's the new craze of the 20 teens. I mean, I say I like the design better than I like Cubfoo's design. I Yeah, I'm not super in love with them yet, but I just... Ugh. If you know, if they hadn't included <laughs> Pansham and Pangoro in these games, if they had been yeah. excluded, and then this was like a way of reintroducing them in some sort of more meta applicable manner, I would have been like, okay. I but don't. the fact mm. it's like Pancham's right there. He's like yeah. on the outside of the window looking in, and he's like, <laughs> okay. I'm so sad. I like a fighting dojo too. Yeah, but what if what if what if when you when you go there, they're like wrestling each other. Pancham maybe should have went then, to Mexico. Then, then can Why I say I, I would like to learn from you, Pancham? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to learn from Mushu like, Port. I'm not sure what we're getting by them fighting each other when you arrive at the dojo, other than it's confirming that Pancham got there first. <laughs> yeah, yes. I could I could just I could just see them living together. Just one happens to be legendary like, and one happens to not- you know, not Yo, be. Why is one legendary? Poor Pancham. Yeah, because like... one traveled to, to China, Greg, <laughs> and one came from there. <laughs> One's an endangered species. It will truly be legendary yes. quite soon. Oh boy, I yeah, they're fine. I guess I don't know. I'm not. I'm not I... in love with these two Pokemon. They're. Fine. Yeah, I mean they're they're nothing. I'm sure I'll change my mind when I see them in motion, as yeah. I have with most things. Well, we also have to see what Hidden Fist does. Unseen Fist, Unseen Fist, because that could be a game changer. Uh, so Gigantamax, Single Strike, and Rapid Strike. Still the Wushu Pokemon. Still fighting dark, fighting waters. Still Unseen Fist. Single Strike style. Urshifu and Rapid Strike style Urshifu also have Gigantamax forms. Gigantamax Single Strike style. Jeez. Come on, Pokemon. This is a lot to say. (laughs) Gigantamax (laughs) Single Strike style Urshifu looks like it's ready to bellow in fury. People call it both the very embodiment of rage and a divine emissary that banishes evil spirits with fury. Gigantamax Rapid Strike style Urshifu will quietly maintain its stance with a calm expression. When facing this Pokemon, it seems some will be greatly agitated, feeling as 
very depths of their souls have been exposed. Yet others report feeling a sense of relief, as if they've been cleansed of an evil spirit. Why is Rapid Strike style Gigantamax Urshifu shorter than Single Strike file when they are the same size in no, their previous no, 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 form? No, 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 it's, it's um, Rapid Strike style is, at least in the image I'm looking at, it's higher because it's standing straight up on one leg with the look, other leg raised. No, where... look at their heights. Look at their heights. Their oh, heights are different. Their, yeah. The official height? Yeah. Yeah, why is one 10 feet different? <sighs> Single strike is 90 to 95 feet, yeah. and uh, rapid strike is 85 feet. And they both start at 6'3". Yes. Why? Same height as me. Hmm. You're 6'3"? Or two. Or two. Yeah, I... I mean, I know you're tall. I just didn't know that you were... For some reason, I thought you were 6'1". Hmm. Not quite. I, look, my entire height thing was destroyed by Brent long ago, so I just yeah, I just found that weird. Like, why <laughs> why do they change height? Maybe the numbers mean something. Nine five Maybe. two and eight five four. Single strike is also like the Gigantamax forms is super red, and then the rapid strike is super blue. Yeah, yeah. Unless they do like red a black and white two, where they they switch them. Right, that was the, that was the thing in Black and White too. They switched the legendary yeah. cover legendaries. Yeah, what what is the Japanese words for nine five two and eight five four? I don't know, hmm. Andrew, because it could be like the numbers on your jersey. Oh, like a pun? Not a word. Yeah. All right, we got some new Pokemon, uh, and we got some more details, kind of breaking down the differences between these two expansions. But we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll do we'll go over these new Pokemon. And we'll go over the rest of this DLC. So we will be right back. You gotta think outside of the box, dude. Yeah. And outside of the bun. Think outside the bun. Think outside the bun. I mean, that's a pretty good saying. Yeah. 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 Think outside the bun. 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 Isn't that the Taco Bell thing? Alright, we got two new Pokemon. Uh, starting with the legendary Pokemon Kalrex? Calrex? They say it in the, the direct, but now I can't remember how they said it. I'll say Kalrex for now, I'm probably wrong. It is the King Pokemon. It is Psychic Grass. It is uh, 3 feet 7 inches. A weight of 17 pounds. And it is the ability uh, Unnerve. Trainers will encounter Kalrex in the Crown of Tun the Crown Tundra. This Pokemon ruled all of Galar in ancient times. Though its appearance though it appears delicate and slight, its every move is filled with grace and dignity. It also has an extremely high intelligence, and it is said to see every past, present, and future event. We've got what, seventeen different Pokemon types, and we had to get another Celebi? Yeah. <sighs> You're out of ideas, Pokemon. Uh, what? Okay, <laughs> hold on. What What possible type? Like, the type makes sense for it. But the, it didn't have to be grass. What What do you something. mean? It's, it's, it's based off a of flower. Okay, well, then let's base it off something else. Back to the very starting drawing board and say, all right, we've already done grass psychic. Let's do something different. 
All right, and then now what is what's it going to look like? And how can you not have like the big brain Pokemon not be psychic? No, psychic is fine. That uh, I, I'm I'm fine with. But why couldn't it have been very psychic? I don't know. Ice psychic, I sure. I don't know. Psychic, psychic, why not crown there's psychic tundra? ice? Psychic's there? been with everything. I don't think psychic's not been with it. I mean, you have psychic steels, Bronzong. You have psychic fire, Delphox. Psychic dark, Malamar. Normal psychic, Orangaroo. Bug psychic is going to be the Orbeetle. Ice psychic, Mr. Rhyme. But I'm talking about mythical. Fighting psychic, Metacham. I mean, I'm fine with every mythical being a psychic, but just, like, why did we have to get another Celebi? Yeah, there are a lot of psychic I, mythical Pokemon. There are. Hoopa Dark Psychic. I like their psychic types and dragon types. For- they Ooh, do. Dragon Psychic. That would have been great. Or a psychic dragon. I don't care. One way or the other. I mean, like, the... <laughs> Is there a psychic dragon? Alternate Krasma. Latias Latios. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, 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 I, I think the typing is fine. I mean, it's not like you can use mythical Pokemon in battles. It's not like anyone's ever used their Celebi besides Joe. <laughs> Why? It's his mascot. Uh, I, there was... I like the design. A, kind of, it's a little weird. Yeah. I want to see it move. <laughs> it's a well, little... It, flo- it just floats. Yeah. Like a, like a dandelion on the With wind. its weird deer rabbit head. There was debate with this Pokemon of whether it was a deer or a rabbit. I guess we end the debate here. It's a, it's a rabbit. Why do you say it's a rabbit? <sighs> the will sigh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see it as a rabbit. When you look at the drawing of it, because it's not antlers, it's just it has four ears. Rex is a breed of rabbit. It's also Latin for king. Yeah, it's Latin for king, yeah. and the uh, it, there is a type of rabbit that is the the Rex. There's a species of rabbit, yes. Calyx, Calyx. Uh, that part of its name comes from botany, which is the outermost group of floral parts, or like this. Yeah, it's Latin for bud. So it is a king rabbit, with the bud being its crown. I wonder if it'll blossom. I'm sure we'll have a form where its bud brain opens up or something. I don't understand, like, in the drawing what it's pointing at. It's like, you. over there. <laughs> over there. It's a welcoming point. Come. Welcome to my home. So this is, like, the third, right? The This is the Kiram of the set. This is the, well, not every Pokemon game had, uh, like, three versions, like, Ho-Oh and Lugia are just solo, but yeah. you would assume that because this was the king... Zashian and Zamazenta are the sword and the shield for the king, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, you don't I have mean, to, but sure. I mean, why is it in a different area <laughs> in that? In well, it's in the crown tundra. Yeah, the crown. Yeah. It's the king. Mm. I mean, they don't really answer in the story why they covered up the fact that. I mean, I think Will's gotten that far. You got to the part where the Caparaja destroys that wall. Yeah. Spoiler, they don't really answer why the entire game you're like, why was this covered up? Yeah. Why was that sculpture hidden away? And then graffitied and then over? In the in the Badoo Inn, 
where Sonia was like, why is there only one hero when these scriptures here show that there are two heroes? Oh, the mysteries that still need yeah. to be unraveled. I mean, I don't know that that's... I mean, it's it's like lost in time sort of a thing. So I don't know that there's much more to it than people started believing it one way and then it made sense to have a hero. It's just, I don't know that there's much more than people thought it was one and it's actually two. You know? Yeah. Things get lost and uncovered all the time. I mean, I think what's more interesting is that we should talk about the fact that the darkest day happened at the same time uh, Kalos fired off the big weapon. I mean, they do say the darkest day is 3,000 years ago. And yep. AZ's thing was 3,000 years it ago. It was 3,000 years ago. Oh. Well, there you go. Someday they're going to come out with one of those books like they did for Zelda that's like, that, like here's all the entire history of the Pokemon world. And it's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, but that, all these pieces are going to fit together. That Zelda book does not put any pieces together. It's like real. <laughs> there's like a lot of stretches. And our next new podcast, Pokemon Timeline, will discuss how the multiple universes fit together. I, I actually do like this Pokemon, though. I think it's cool looking. I like, I like the design. At, at first I thought, are we just not seeing all of it? But then I realized when I finally saw pictures of it, like, oh, no, it is just, it is upright with a little cape and a giant necklace. Yeah. A big, big, big head, little body. Big head, little body. Like most psychics. The standard trope of big head, little body. Yeah. I watched Akira. I know how it goes. <laughs> Regional forms of familiar Pokemon. Regional forms of certain Pokemon are found in Galar. These forms have adapted to the unique environment of the Galar region and look different than the same species might look when found in other regions. These adapted forms are known as Galar forms of these Pokemon and seem to have behavior seem to have their be- behavior also differ from s- species previously discovered. And then they show us Galarian Slowpoke, which you can get as of this recording. It is the dopey Pokemon. It is 311 height, 79 pounds. The ability Gluttony and Own Tempo, it's psychic. The Slowpoke of the Galar region used to eat the seeds of certain plants that grew in their habitat. These seeds were, in fact, Galarshia seeds, used to this day as an essential spice for cooking in the Galar region. The Slowpoke and Galar built up particles of the spice in their bodies over several generations, even gaining the unique appearance and behavior they are known for today. Galarian Slowpoke spend their days wallowing on the seashore and in riverbanks without thinking of anything in particular. Occasionally, they might get a very sharp look in their eyes, but they will soon revert to their zoned-out expression. It is thought that the behavior is caused by the accumulation of Galarcia, Particles stimulating Galarian Slowpoke's brain, resulting in it thinking of something tremendous, only for Galarian Slowpoke to immediately forget of what they thought. Galarian, can we just talk about how this is longer than every description of the book? Yeah. Like, the- <laughs> yeah. Well, Slowpoke is very popular, so it's very. They're going to spend a Pokemon. lot of time on it. Yes. Galarian Slowpoke can also evolve into Galarian Slowbro if a specific item can be found in the Island of Armor. If evolved into the Sl- Galarian Slowking, instead, if a specific item can be found in the Crown Tundra. Base original Slowpoke, is it psychic or is it water? Psychic water? I thought it was psychic water. Oh, because this is just psychic. And I have to look. It is water psychic. And Galarian yep. Slowpoke is pure psychic. It's just psychic. Regular Slowpoke's ability is oblivious or own tempo, and Galarian Slowpoke's ability 
is gluttony or own tempo. Yeah. Canto, slowpoke's hidden ability is regenerator. I guess we technically don't know if that would be the same. It could be, it could not be. They've done yes. different things. So And we we do knows? know that we don't know what Galarian Slowbro or Galarian Slow King look like. They show kind of some of it in the trailer. Slow King's got a lot of eyes. <laughs> we don't know what it's we don't know what its stats are. We don't know its ability. We don't know if like Slow King becomes like a super fast Pokemon instead of a super slow. Like we d- we just don't know. Um, there there are stat differences between like Executor and Alolan Executor, and Raichu and Alolan Raichu and stuff. So, uh, but that was that was cute. It was uh, so the game did get updated from version one point zero point zero to version one point one point zero. It did fix a. There are no patch notes, of course, because it's a Nintendo game. Uh, so we don't know exactly what was fixed. I think people have already tested, and there was a issue with Sucker Punch in competitive. We do know that that was fixed. Uh, the whole uh, raid resetting, moving the clock forward, that was not fixed. Still, to this date, don't know if that could ever be fixed. Yeah, I don't know if you... With the update to 1.1.0, if you go to Wedgehurst and you have at least gotten to the wild area, you will meet... One of the new characters for a hot second, and you will also be able to catch Galarian Slowpoke. You're curious in shiny hunting it. Uh, you cannot get a shiny in the actual encounter, but you can Masuda breed or just breed for a shiny. Did you um, ever get yours? No, I'm at like 600. <laughs> oh. There was a quick theory that maybe it was like boosted odds, like the Magikarp event. Uh, but I think when I th- I think that like it, it actually gave like a cool moment in in like the Pokemon community if you're active on 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 like Discords or Slacks or Twitches Twitch or whatever where everyone was hunting the same Pokemon, so that was kind of cool. It almost felt like a mini community day where everyone was breeding Slowpoke together. Uh, I don't think it's boosted at all. I just think a couple people got it very early and lucky. And then said they got it very early and lucky, but also everyone's hunting it at the same time. So then people are like, yeah, well, maybe I'll get it early and lucky. (laughs) It's not how odds work. Is this where we talk about the Gigantamax designs? Yeah, we can talk. Well, yeah, let's talk about the specifically the starters, at least. So we have Gigantamax Rillaboom, Gigantamax Cinderace, Gigantamax Intellion. Rillaboom is the drummer Pokemon. Rillaboom's trees stump drum has grown rapidly to the point that it now resembles a small forest on its own gigantamax rillaboom has merged with the forest of the drums to become even more powerful it can control its sticks as it was its own limbs and will demonstrate transcend transcendental transcendental drumming techniques gigantamax rillaboom will completely focus on playing its drums compelled by the power of welling up inside the sound can reach across oceans and by, and heard by those living in other regions. It said that those who hear the beat will begin to dance uncontrollably, overwhelmed by the rhythm that surges from inside them. What a fitting tribute to Neil Peart. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, I like this one, although I think the, like, the I can't quite tell if it's its hair growing out to hold drumsticks is that what everybody's is that like 
Oh wait, what everybody sees Hold on. in this Can picture. We, I, I, I didn't read, I guess I skipped over this. The Island of Armor expansion will allow trainers to help some of Pokemon traveling with them gain the ability to Gigantamax. Well, there you go. Uh, Question there you go. answered. This has led to the discovery of Gigantamax forms Rillaboom, Cinderace, and Inteleon, the evolutions of these three Pokemon that trainers could choose as their first starter Pokemon in the Gala region. I feel like that definitely answers the question. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably answers the question, yes. All right, Cinderace, the burning ball at Cinderace's feet has grown to massive proportions thanks to Gigantamax energy. If Gigantamax Cinderace kicks the ball using its well-honed techniques, the fighting spirit will possess the ball and cause the ball to pursue opponents as it has a mind of its own. Gigantamax Cinderace boasts incredible leg strength. In fact, its legs are said to rank among the strongest of all Pokemon. Even without its even without its gigantic pyro ball, it can deliver powerful kicks, kicking moves that overwhelm other Dynamax Pokemon. So Cinderace is now on a Final Fantasy bomb. Final Fantasy Pokemon crossover confirmed. Prior Look fighting game, confirmed. Twenty twenty one, when Pokemon shows up in the Final Fantasy MMO. <laughs> it looks like a bomb. It does look like it, that yeah. Design. It does look like the bomb from Final Fantasy. Like, a lot. And finally, Inteleon. Inteleon has gained an extremely long tail thanks to Gigantamaxing. Its tail length is said to be over 130 feet. While Gigantamax, Inteleon will stretch out its long tail and hold it straight to form a pillar, and Inteleon will take battle on top of that position. Will take a battle position at the top. This Pokemon has incredibly sharp mind and calculated with the precise effects that gravity will have on the trajectory of its shots, enabling it to be an extremely effective sniper. Inteleon has hidden tools within its body, and they have these to, and these have been enhanced due to Gigantamax. Nictating membranes. Yep. On its sure. Jeez, they're big words. Jeez, this is a Dictating game for a 10 a years thing. old Pokemon. <laughs> no, that's like kids' biology. Nictating? Nictating. What do, okay, break it down. What does that mean? Give me the science, Greg. No, it's actually spelled nictitating. Yeah, it's spelled weird. Um, But th that's how you spell it, oh, right? Oh, like not to blink? Yeah, so the nictating membrane, like dogs have it. Uh, and um, most lizards have it is that is the third eyelid that's translucent, so they blink while keeping their eyes open, sort of. Okay. Um, so it's a nictating membrane. It's a see-through membrane that's like an eyelid. It's how they can re-moisten their eyes while still maintaining vision. It's seen a lot in um, fish, reptiles, birds. Uh, humans and primates don't have it. Camels, polar bear seals, a lot of things have a nictating membrane. It's basically, for all sense purposes, it's most people just call it the third eyelid. Because mm. we're used to them when they close their eyes, but the nictating membrane allows them to continue seeing while moistening their eyeballs. Well, this now lets Inteleon detect temperature, air pressure, and humidity. Inteleon is a skilled sniper as well, easily hitting a berry that is rolling over, rolling around over nine miles away. Who thought the rifle was a good idea? Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but if we were thinking of these as like high school click tropes, it has suddenly become yeah, bad. It's, I, 
I have. I am uncomfortable with the rifle. I don't. Is it more um, like a spear gun than a rifle? Okay. No. No. It's, no it's, it says it's sniper right in it. <laughs> so there's no such thing. Like people have been trying to. Wa- oh, it's a water harpoon. There's no water harpoon perch. Water harpoons are used in the water, <laughs> not from a sniper's perch. You also don't say. Oh, remember James Bond and his water harpoon? I mean, it's a secret agent Pokemon. It's a sniper rifle. It, they keep talking about him being a sniper. Yeah, I mean, they're never going to say rifle, and they're never going to say no. gun. They will probably st- no. stay say sniper. It's I, a little uncomfortable. I think the optics are real bad on Gigantamax and Teleon. Yeah. They just really are. The optics? It, just, it looks like, I didn't want to say school shooter, but it looks like a school shooter. Like, you have the jock who's Cinderace, you have the musician that's, what's his name, Monkey Badood. Oh. And then you have yeah. the school I mean, shooter. People were pushing the school angle for this really hard. Yes, like, we, I mean, we were on this, that. on this podcast, we talked about the school angle. And, like, this, this edition just makes it... Look bad. Yeah, the optics are bad. bad. The optics are bad. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I like, I mean, I'm glad they're getting Gigantamaxes, but this one just really, this one really makes me uneasy. Just, it could look better in game somehow. I don't know how, but I, I just wish they had gone a different route. I can't say that I, um, disagree in any way. I, this, honestly, just anything non-gun based would have been much better. And the other ones are so fantasy-like, like a giant drum set and a big soccer ball. When you set up those two things of realism, like, it's a big drum kit, and it works like a drum kit. It's a real big soccer ball, and it works like a soccer ball with an intelligence in it. It's an ice gun. Okay, so putting aside the whole school theme, I am more surprised that they were willing to give a Pokemon something that looks like a gun? Because in... Space World demo for gold and silver, Remoraid and Octillery looked more like a gun in a tank, and they changed yes. that. So they've, and they changed they've had these conversations before, clearly. You yep. can assume. Well, I don't know. We can talk about this forever. I think either yeah, two it, things it, are going to happen. Either no, like this will, this will be a non-issue. The game will come out. People have already made their jokes about Inteleon. Everyone moves on, or when the DLC actually drops, and if for whatever reason any parents want to latch onto this, they will specifically latch onto this. Oh, Pokemon. definitely. So I can yes. see, yeah. I, I can see it going two yeah. ways: either no one's going to care when this comes out, and for the most part, this, uh, I don't, yeah, I think, I think overall, it's, 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 it's harmless. Like I think Jinx is pretty harmless at this point, even though it has bad history. Or some parent will hold on to this, and they will use this as. Pokemon is the devil, and it's corrupting our children. I mean, and that's going to happen no matter what. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, there's gonna be people who are, who are upset about it. I ultimately is like, I don't hate the design. I I think it's you know it fits well with the theme. I just think if they wanted to avoid controversy at all, they would have picked a different direction. Yeah, like this is just courting controversy. Like whether you think it's harmless or not, whether you think it's a water harpoon or not, the fact that we have the conversation 
is a conversation that I don't think they necessarily want people having about their content and their design. At minimum, there will be 32 memes made about this, seven of which will actually be funny. Yeah, I mean, like... (laughs) I I already started one, so I already have my joke on Twitter that came from my husband. and, and, And we... Like the three of us who are very deep into Pokemon lore, we we can we can find Pokedex entries that are very dark and very grim. Oh yes, but parents aren't looking for that. They're right. looking for a screenshot of look at this Pokemon with a gun. Right, right. <laughs> well, those are the three Gigantamax. Yep. A couple things here. I'm going to read this next part, and then uh, well, this is mm. there's hmm. all right. More past Pokemon available to obtain in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Many. Pokemon that didn't appear in Pokemon Sword and Shield make their homes on the Island of Armor or the Crowned Tundra. Trainers will meet lively array of diverse Pokemon from newly discovered legendary Pokemon and new regional forms to familiar Pokemon that have been seen living in other regions. Free updates are planned for Pokemon Sword and Shield to coincide with the release of these expansions. Updates are scheduled as the same day of the Island and Armor and Crown Tundra expansions are released. Each update will enable players who have not purchased the expansion pass to receive the Pokemon via the Island of Armor and Crown Tundra expansions through means such as trading. Players will also be able to bring over past Pokemon to games from the cloud service Pokemon Home scheduled to release in February 2020 as long as those Pokemon appear in the Island of armor and crown tundra uh and just to get this out of the way uh new outfits fans will be able to obtain a special training uniform in the island of armor in the crown tundra trainers can don exploration gear preparing themselves for researching in many intriguing destinations the tundra holds they might find a strange temple where at least to expect it or a mysterious giant tree growing in a place that it doesn't belong new outfits seems that new hair is also being added. It looks like you can have Rose's hair. That is really exciting. That was actually one of my complaints is while I do like the character customization in this game, I felt like a lot of people were gravitating towards a set of clothes that looked really cool or the better hairstyles. <laughs> it seems that there are, they're adding some new hair and some new clothes, which is nice. Going back to new Pokemon. Mm. I think they said uh, 100 new Pokemon for Crown Tundra and then 100 new Pokemon for Armor. So that's Gee. 200, yeah, 200 new Pokemon. 200 for sure. Nice. Mm. I hear some complaints, Greg. Mm. <sighs> Greg and I certainly don't look at this in the same way. Nope. So, my okay, my problem with this is... Okay. It underlined, it undermines the arguments that they were making for limiting the decks in the first place. The idea that they were carefully picking ones for that region and they were doing it for competitive reasons. Like, if they were really doing it for competitive reasons, there's not enough time to see what the current competition is like without adding in more. Like, this is coming in six months. And there's no way they've analyzed all the data, figured out what the new meta is, and then decided that these ones are going to help balance that out. So it undermines that. Uh, it feels like a, like they're capitulating to the national dectors on some level. Like, you know, I don't agree to that with that point, but go on. Like, hey, we are adding these back. Ta-da! Like they said, they weren't 
and then here we are. So there's no way to have done this, whether they meant it or not, without giving fuel to those arguments, which I have a huge problem with. Me being the bitter person that I am, I would have never, like, I would have never get. I would have released a third with no new Pokemon. Like maybe one Wurmple's in oh, this I one now. I don't know if Choke you can do that. It. Choke on it. So I guess I hate you because you were all nasty. Like, oh, did you see that I got the party hat Wurmple? I, I don't did. know if you guys did. No, I have not. I, I certainly did. I have not gotten it yet. They did specifically say in the the direct that normally we do a third version. And yes. that this content replaces the third version. So yes, in which the, I also have a problem with. In the history of third versions, every third version has always added more Pokemon than the game before. True. So I don't see it any different in that sense. I see it. The reason why I see it different is this is a different product. So usually when there's a third version, it's a year, year and a half later. They have 364 up, days if it's Ultra Sun, yeah. Ultra Moon. <laughs> they have changed up the story some. They have added, removed things. And you're getting a full... You're getting the game again with additions. And as a person that likes a lot of the thirds, who often thought a lot of the third versions were a lot better than the first versions... They are. We don't know what we're, we don't know what we're getting. That's true. Everybody's like, oh, the DLCs will be great, and it'll be all this great content. Like, we don't know that. We don't know that we're getting more storyline. We don't know. We don't know what we're getting. We don't know that these are going to bring actual value. We knew they were going to add them in. Adding them in this quickly just sort of undermines a lot of the message that they were giving going into and dealing with that massive, ugly movement. And I feel like it really gives a lot more power to their arguments, which is really unfortunate. And I, I don't like it that way. I also have, I'm very concerned when any large AAA company starts doing DLC because we already feel like games come out way too quickly. And if DLC is a very acceptable way, it's a lot of games now put out games that are maybe three-fourths done, and they're just going to patch it in and add that content in with the DLC, because that's now expected. And I don't think that that's a good step that any company has taken. And I'm hoping this DLC will be very worth it, that it will feel like you're getting a bunch of new story and a bunch of new content, and there's a lot to do, and it doesn't feel like, hey, we added a new battle tower, and we needed a way to shove in more Pokemon, and here you go. So, we don't have a great history with DLC. DLC often, for a lot of games, starts out really strong and then just gets worse and worse and worse because it's seen as a way to sell a half-baked game at full price that you'll patch later with DLC. And I don't have any evidence that this will happen here, but it has happened before. So, when a company makes the change to DLC, I get concerned. I get concerned about what their future plans are. I get concerned about their willingness because all corporations try to do things faster on a shorter time frame. And if they can put out a smaller game every seven months and then bring out an expansion six months after that, like, it's a weird cycle to have started. So this change away from getting a full-baked third game to we're going to start patching things in. If you didn't like third version games, great, this is great for you, but we don't I don't have proof that this is going to be 
worth that big of a change. And there's a lot of troubling signs around DLCs. All I want to say is, <laughs> number one, Bocarona is back. So that shiny bug team I've yeah. been working on for the past two years is back complete again. Um, and number two, I mean, I don't see it as capitulation. I'm sure that the, this DLC has been planned and in progress for a long, long time, and we're still not getting a full 800. Um, I also disagree that they're they're not going to you know be able to see the meta. They can tweak the stats on different Pokemon um, pretty close up to the to the last minute. You know, if they just need to make something a little more powerful to help balance things out and everything like that, I think they've still yeah, got some leeway but we for just, doing meta balance. We just that got way. Gigantamax in the new VGC. Like we are still, they're still working through what they did in the game proper, and this comes out in June. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So to like the the VGC part, they are only allowing a specific only. Gigantamax Pokemon that have been promoted are allowed. Yeah, and we just got a new wave of promoted. They th- and those promoted will probably be ready for season three, which is really fast already. So season one was no Gigantamax. Season or season yeah, season one was no Gigantamax. It ended December thirty first. Season two started June third, uh, and Gigantamax Pokemon are allowed. And I will tell you right now, as somebody who did eighty plus battles in ranked in doubles. Uh, in season one, season two is very different. I have done 20 battles right now, and I have, as somebody who went, I think it was like I had like 43 wins and like 35 losses, and I made it to Master Ball pretty easily. I can't win a single match with the same team I used in season one because that meta, good that meta shifted so fast, and th- it's going to shift again once season three starts, which will be February, and then season four in march i i think that's a good thing to have because in past pokemon games it was always well this is landorus this is Cresselia, this is primal groudon this is primal kyogre and these have to be on your team and it doesn't seem with the exception of dragapult it doesn't seem like there is one specific pokemon uh so if their goal is to just keep changing it I think that's fine. I I think you're right of maybe like 6 months is not enough time to do that, but I but it's we don't know, we like we don't even know what the stats are for Slowking. So if if they wanted to boost Slowking's stats like up 10 because they see that there's a dominance in fast poison pokemon and they think that Slowking would be a good counter, they can do that without us ever knowing that they changed those stats before June comes. Well, I guess technically Slowking is Tundra is. not Tundra. Yeah, I mean they could. It just it 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 seems to undermine that message a lot. Um and I I don't know. They've uh, there are so many more people in competitive this time around and like they're yeah, y- but you're right. More one data of the- means more more that you have to look at. Like having more people run it just means there's a lot more data that you have to go through. It doesn't cut the time down. But that doesn't, doesn't necessarily like- that doesn't necessarily mean that they have a team dedicated to that and that all they're doing is looking at that kind of stuff. Like I am assuming yeah, the but, Pokemon they have I mean, promoted. If they don't have a dedicated team to it, then it takes even longer. <laughs> yeah, but I'm assuming that the Pokemon they promoted this time around, they promoted it with the reason to counter things. And again, this is this is a lot of speculation, but they promoted Lapras, Colossal, Flapple, and 
Alcremi, and there was zero Alcremi, and there was zero Flapple in season one, and there are some Appleton and some Alcremi I am now seeing in season two, and now that they've promoted those Pokemon, the G-Max form of Alcremi and the G-Max form of Flapple slash Appleton will be available probably in season three. Maybe that's a coincidence? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it I, seems I, to be it, it feels... seems to be lining up pretty like I feel like they've picked those promoted Pokemon because they saw what was prom- they saw what was being used in season one. And now they are preparing for season three. Mm, maybe. I don't know. But they did do what they said they were going to do, which is focus on competitive and even the base changes of you can't flinch Gigantamax Pokemon uh, we're adding room service for the amount of trick room teams we see. They uh, added, you know, wheezing, which everyone thought was going to be really good, but no one's using right now to like disable abilities. I still think that a hundred Pokemon is yes, a hundred Pokemon in June, and then another hundred Pokemon in November is definitely adding more complexity to that. And the, I mean, and they're bringing back huge ones, like ones that dominated before. Like, yeah, yeah. That, the problem right now is back, they showed Landorus. They showed Landorus. Yeah, they showed that's Metagross. They showed Garchomp. But they're but but and, we're and assuming that Crown Tundra brings back a bunch of the legendaries. Like we're assuming that they're bringing that. Like once June comes, like those Pokemon probably won't be available for battle until August because they said end of June, which means they probably aren't going to start that season. There, there's no way if 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 it comes out like June twentieth. And the game's only out for 10 days. I can't see them saying, like, these 100 Pokemon are going to be available July 1st. I think at soonest, they would be available August 1st. So then at that point, you have 10 months of this game existing in a meta before adding 100 new Pokemon. And I think that's pretty... I think that's fair. I think that's fine. I I don't know that it's fine. Like, they've... I don't know that... Because they've taken out so many moves. They restricted a lot of things. I, I don't know that this time frame is enough to with all the changes with all of the gmax with all the moves different with all the new abilities there's so many moving parts i don't know that 10 months is enough i i um, think 10 months then, is more than enough if you look at yeah, competitive games think, like apex or fortnite where they're changing things if not once a month every two weeks yeah but they but those are like these are set once something's in this game, like a Pokemon's in this game, they've not ever changed it. The stats in the middle of the game. Like That's once true. Once it's programmed in, is that it's in? They like could, Fortnite though. and stuff. They they uh, they they, I, can. they could. They can. I don't know that they will. I mean, seven years ago, Masuda said they were never going to do DLC, and that was something we've already always brought up on the podcast. Of like, this is right. Like, I I guess I believe the dude who's in charge of Pokemon to say they're never going to do DLC, and now they've done DLC. So I I. I feel like I, with competitive games, you have to... This is just a general thought. I feel like with all competitive games, you have to make changes to keep competitive, fresh. And I don't think what was working before of not changing anything, whether that's adding or removing Pokemon, is is good enough to keep people's interest. I mean, if you look at the Pokemon trading card game, they change it every three months. Yeah, but you also have to pay every three months. <laughs> well, like, yeah. that's as much of a cash grab as Yeah, but it the Pokemon trading card game is the significantly more successful than the VGC. 
you I mean, all, it's true. You always have more people playing the card game, and they're changing that every three months. Um, and for whatever reason, they have these two weird formats where Japan is playing at ahead of time. Then yeah, um, it's just they can just straight up ban Pokemon. Like if Dragapult is too powerful, nothing is stopping them from banning it. Yeah, have they Wait, done that, that before? Just... No, no, but that doesn't mean, I mean they can't. That's also like not a great experience. The one thing I do know about the competitive Pokemon company is I don't think any of them like Landers. <laughs> no, but they're bringing it back. Yeah, well, it's going to be an incredibly nerfed lander. Yeah, I mean, the happen. stats could be different. Hopefully. I mean, we For don't sure. know. Again, my issue is there's a lot that we just don't know. And there's a lot of signs that worry me. Um, and everybody who's yelling at me on Twitter, like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Great. I'm glad that you're excited. I will be excited once I'm there. But there's enough here to cause me pause. That said, I bought it all. Like, yep, I bought it. <laughs> I've already paid my money because I'm going to see if it's worth it. And I'm hoping I don't get burned. Um, and I'm hoping it doesn't set up a bad precedent for the future. Like, I'm banking on past history of a lot of companies not coming true here. I will say, I don't know if this is the best solution for Game Freak, but I am very excited that they are trying it if they try it and fail at least we can say we tried it but yep to to like lie to ourselves of being like like dlc for pokemon games were rampant around gen 5 and gen 6 and gen 7 every single time pokemon fans were like this is going to be the game that gets dlc and those yep. were never the games that got dlc like don't like the Pokemon community can't pretend to themselves that they like they didn't want DLC for the last ten plus years. Yeah, but what they think they're getting and what they actually <laughs> get could be vastly different things. Like everybody oh, this is who, always that's always the case with Pokemon like, games. It's like well, since it's also, day one. It's also the case with DLC. Like there's been a ton of DLC that has ruined games. <laughs> like you may want it, but are you sure? Like the history of DLC ain't. Ain't great. So a couple things. I want to go back to the adding the Pokemon. They did say that uh, the Pokemon you get in this game or the Pokemon you get in this game. I don't think this is like some weird loophole that they did because to add more Pokemon. Because one, I don't think you can add a new area of a Pokemon game with a slight new story without adding more Pokemon. If this was, here's a new area with the same old Pokemon, and we're going to add a battle dojo, that would probably not appeal to me, because there is a certain set of the Pokemon audience that want to catch and discover new Pokemon, even if those are Pokemon they've already caught before. That's why when people go through, you know, X and Y, or Sun and Moon, they will re-catch the Pokemon over again, because they enjoy catching and discovering and finding Pokemon. And then there's a certain set of people that don't want to do that, and they will wait till Pokemon Home comes out, and they will drag and drop all their Pokemon over to instantly complete their Pokedex, and they are fine. But I don't think that they could have done this without adding new Pokemon. Now, I don't think that this was a pivot to National Dexers. I think that this was always planned. The Let's Go team finished their game over a year ago. This game came out. What is that team working on? Was that team working on this? Was it not? I'm assuming it was like all hands on deck for Sword and Shield when Sword and, when they did finish Let's Go. 
eh, there's like so many thoughts too because like yeah i mean whether they meant it or not it still it, it still slightly comes across that way sure like but d- during that during that entire time during that entire time when they were getting those lead up when they kept saying what you get is what you get yeah they gave no hint or anything like we are going to add things later we're going to expand this game if they were working on it that time they they could have stopped so much of that controversy by saying we do have plans to deal with this in the future, but we're not going to tell you what that is. Do you think, though, but like, by announcing... The problem is, like, announcing this and seeing the people that are excited. The people that are excited are excited because they love Sword and Shield. The people that were against this game, the National Dexers, while they while they started off being upset because not all the Pokemon were there, these were the same people that got mad when you climbed a ladder, the Pokemon stopped moving. These were the well, same I mean, people that, that got mad that they didn't believe that the title screen was good enough compared to last Pokemon games. True. Those people are out of their minds. True, so to like but- say that uh, Sword and Shield's coming, there's 400 Pokemon, we might add Pokemon later, that would have never satisfied them. Well, we don't. Well, so a lot of the hyper focus on all the details was to underline their starting disappointment. So when you started with the disappointment that you didn't at all address, you gave the doorway wide open for them to start nitpicking everything else to prove their point. Like, it was a chain reaction. It wasn't like, hey, this isn't up to snuff until they heard that there wasn't going to be everything in there. But that was a chain reaction to such a small percentage of people. Like, at the start of this podcast, we talked about how this was the fastest selling Pokemon game of all time. Right. So you have a very small vocal community complaining Correct. and nitpicking these games and while it does reach it doesn't reach the majority of people it doesn't reach you know mom walking into store to buy a new pokemon game for son for christmas um it does reach us who deal well, in the pokemon does, community it every day reach that son whether they ask for it or not like that son might be connected to those games that person might be looking at to say hey is this what i want to ask for or i have 60 dollars where i can buy one game is this it? And then you've got a flood of people online who are very loud and talking down your game. Like, it may not reach the person that bought it, but it's going to reach the person that's deciding whether or not they want to ask for it. Maybe. I mean... The games proved that they sold incredibly well. So, like, how much... It did. With, with, with all that noise, they, they, they sold incredibly well. They did. I'm just not thrilled about any... Anything that gives any credence to the noise, like the the, pro- the and you could go back to like seven years ago where Masuda was was saying like there wasn't DLC, and then people being like, "Well, Masuda lied seven years ago. There is DLC yeah, now." I mean, and it's well, he did lie. I mean, he was Liar. wrong. He, I mean, when you say you're never going to do something and then you do it, like I believe he yeah. also said at one point that Pokemon would always be a 2D game. Yes, yeah, yes, so, he did. So. But also, not even it wasn't even. It's not even been five years ago where almost every game was sixty bucks, and now the most popular games in the world are free: Fortnite, Pokemon Go, League of Legends, Dota. Like these are free games that make more money than sixty dollars games. So I, uh, sure, at one point DLC was never planned for a Pokemon game, but now it is. I don't know if it's the best way. I don't think that these updates, though, are, 
are like some pivots to satisfy national indexers. I think that in history, when they added Pokemon Crystal, they added more Pokemon. When they did Emerald, they added more Pokemon. When they did Platinum, they added more Pokemon. When they did Sun and Moon, it was 302 Pokemon. Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon was 400 Pokemon. This is 400 Pokemon. I think adding 100 Pokemon, which in reality is not that many Pokemon, because uh, six six of those Pokemon are the Nidoran family, and no one's no <laughs> no one's using Nidoran, no one's using Nidorina or Nidorina. So I guess out of the out of those six, you're using two: Needle Queen, Needle King. So like a hundred Pokemon is is not a lot. I don't think this also leads to them adding the rest of the Pokemon, um, because I I do still think that initial thing of we're not adding all the Pokemon. What you get is what you get. I still think that stands by it. Uh, I don't think exploring like a new beach region and not seeing new Pokemon would be particularly interesting. But because there is now a beach, there are Pokemon like Slowpoke, maybe Psyduck, that would probably exist on this beach. In the winter area, there will probably be Pokemon like Metagross, who is normally in the icy areas of game, or at least Metagross was in the icy area of Black and White 2. That will probably exist. These Pokemon aren't behind a paywall, which was which is nice which was like some weird narrative that people started stirring up of like oh you have to pay 30 dollars <laughs> yeah. to get these 200 pokemon no that's not true you just have to update your game once you update the game you can either transfer those pokemon from black and white 2 or x and y through pokemon home into these games or you can trade if you don't want to pay for pokemon home if assuming that that costs money you can trade with somebody who did catch a slowpoke or a psyduck and trade it to you. But I I I think that this is I think I I think I I inherently I definitely 100% want this over a third version. And I'm as I told you before, I was like I'm hoping that they do it like they do with Destiny where it's like a main game and then two subsequent DLCs and then another main game and they alternate that way and I think that's a, a really nice way to kind of keep interest in the game and keep it progressing and then you just like have a big bump and then here's yeah. two new things to keep you interested as you go and then you're a big bump and you keep going like that. I'm I'm actually very curious because if you look at like the sales of Sun and Moon specifically that that game sold like 16 million copies and then if you look at Ultra Sun Ultra Moon that game sold 8 million copies. That's a lot of copies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even the 8 million there's a lot of video games that you know struggle to even sell a million or 2 million. So a million copies, automatically awesome. If you go back to Sun and Moon and if you say like, man, I wish I wish this game was better polished. I wish they would have taken a year extra on Sun and Moon. Do I think an extra year of waiting makes that 16 million copies go up further? I don't think so. I think that you put out a game, you sell 16 million, you put out an enhanced version of that game, and you sell another 8 million that's pretty good that's a lot of money to put out a rehash version of your new game uh i also think though that that becomes a that becomes like some weird issue where i would never recommend sun and moon to anyone because ultra sun and ultra moon or platinum or emerald are significantly better games once you put enough time into those games it's very hard to go back like, for me, it's very hard to go back to Sun and Moon 
because I already caught all the Pokemon in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I already went out of my way to get all the TMs. I already bought all the clothes. I have 999 Lepa Berries. I have all these Rotom boosts. And Sun and Moon offers none of that. And I think there's probably a some part of the audience that would expects that expects a third version so it's like why would i why would i buy diamond and pearl platinum will be the better version i'll wait for that it will have more pokemon it will have more features it will fix issues the same with ultra sun ultra moon why would i buy sun and moon when this is the better version and i do think that's why those games sell good well and and obviously pokemon fans they want just more pokemon so they'll buy it anyways but in this sense i feel really good and really comfortable investing even more time into these games because I don't have that feeling of starting over. I have shook these berry trees, and I hate the berry trees in Sword and Shield. I think they're <laughs> awful. It is not a fun mechanic to, like, shake Agreed. and wait yeah. and see. Nope. But I have shook them every day to get my berries because I don't know when I'm going to need, like, 20 fa-fa berries in order to reduce my happiness to fix there my EVs. There are no fa-fa berries. <laughs> But it, it, it puts this confidence in me that the things I am doing every day, like the Alcremi Suites, the berries, collecting the watts, having the money, that I don't lose all of that by starting over again, and I can comfortably continue playing these games and get more content, and that, that is a good feeling. I don't mind starting over. That has never bothered me. Like, when Sun and Moon came out, I was excited to catch all the Pokemon. When X and Y came out, I was excited to catch all the Pokemon, even though I have those Pokemon. There is there is a point where starting over feels great. I don't think yep. starting over once a year particularly feels great, especially in the past where the story's, like, slightly different and... Yeah, it was cool that, like, cool. they added, like, Magnemite and stuff. I think Magnemite was in Ultra, not in regular. But if you don't add the new Pokemon... No, oh, I agree. Then, I mean, I agree then you just point. get, like, Rainbow Rocket, and it was like, well, that was, yeah. like, two hours, and that was cool, but I don't know if Rainbow Rocket was worth 40 bucks. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that this is going to be worth 30 bucks. I will say, as a third-version player, usually when the third version came out, I would want to play the game again. And since I don't like deleting my old games i you know i want to keep what i caught there and be able to pass things through and i can pass items that i already got to make that playthrough easier and i can play it the way that i want i always enjoyed the third version when it came out because i was usually wanting to play the game over again and i could customize it the way that i wanted from the beginning so not having that anymore is a disappointment to me because i don't get to have that experience of a third version that incorporates everything that's changed the story along the way that we've had in the past. So I am mournful that that is gone. I understand that I am very much in the minority of that, but I did really always like the third version. So I will miss that. I also think the high praises that everybody's singing for something that's not out yet isn't necessarily warranted. Well, it's okay to be excited. It's for okay to be excited. Out. But like people are like, absolutely bonkers about how this is going to be completely worth the money and it's absolutely everything that they wanted i'm like it's not even out yet how do you <laughs> this is know? why i this is why i don't go on the internet <laughs> this is i just live in my own little bubble i i think it's super exciting I, I think why that excitement has blown up is because what they showed actually looked great the all the concept art looked gorgeous like the beach art the like minis 
stair the like building with the tree coming out of it and the mountainside looks great um i think it was that same so before the whole national next news broke i think everyone was excited for sword and shield because of how it looked visually and for the most part if you put the national deck stuff aside and the pokemon not moving when you're on a ladder for the four ladders in that game there's a lot of ladders in area eight (laughs) that is four you're up and down those ladders a whole lot route eight is shoots and ladders Uh, I I think that Galar is one of the most beautiful regions they've ever made. Yes. So I I, I do think that, I think it's very easy to be excited for this. The question is, is is it worth $30? Yep. And that that will never be answered because some people, like, if you you look at, like, a game, if you look at a game such as Firewatch or Gone Home, those games are $20 games that are two hours long. And a lot of people don't think that that's worth it. Whereas like a game such as Destiny, uh, maybe that's a bad example, but you could put 100 hours into Destiny for 60 bucks. Well, I guess Destiny is a free-to-play game. Or you could pay 60 bucks for Overwatch and play it for five minutes and realize you hate it. <laughs> My experience. So like that, that argument of is the $30 worth it? That's going to be different for like every person. Yeah, I mean it but no, I mean there are going to be some like if it's just another wild area that really adds nothing to the game, I think a majority of people will be like this definitely wasn't worth the price. Like there's definitely if it doesn't deliver enough on the promise that it's showing here, then people are going to say no, that was not the value that I wanted. Like Opinions will vary, like you will decide how much value that you get out of it, but if it is just a nothing area, then I think a lot of people are going to be like, no, that definitely wasn't worth it. Like, if the gameplay that they add isn't fun, if it is just a great big wide area with nothing else in there, if it's just a small wild area with a couple of dents, like, there's a lot of ways that this can go wrong. And I do agree that what value you get out of it is your own personal opinion, but there is definitely a way that a game cannot deliver for the price point that everybody can agree on that didn't deliver for how much I paid for it. Yeah. And it's also going to be tough because it's divided in two. And so you kind of have to say, I'm paying $15 for one and $15 for the other. Right. And they're spread out. So it's it's going to be a very hard... The advantage they Overview. have there, though, is you have to buy both. So if somebody yeah. came into the Island of Armor and they were like, oh, this wild area is small and disappointing and not great, and I don't like the dojo stuff because maybe it's battle-heavy and the new clothes do nothing for me, they they could walk away from that extremely disappointed. But I don't think that disappointment would be strong enough for them to be like, I'm just going to mm. skip the Crown Tundra because they've already paid for the be. Crown tr- Tundra. I mean, there's a lot of people who, I mean, Will can do this. <laughs> or <are> like, <laughs> I played five minutes of it. It wasn't worth me and I'm not oh, touching it again. I bought DLC for Mario Kart and never played it. Yeah. At all. Like, so it is definitely a possibility that if the first one doesn't come out of the gate hot, that people are like, well, I already wasted my money, and I do not want to play this game Sunk anymore. Sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the differences between the two, Island of Armor will be a new area. Yep. 
will have new Pokemon, a hundred of them, according to Pokemon.com. We'll have new clothing, and we'll have handy features, items, and more. I don't know what those are. I don't know if that's like... I I think to some people, if they added mass releasing of Pokemon through breeding, (laughs) I feel like to those people, that is worth $30. Nah, I I suspect that since it's a fighting focus, that it will be things that will make like breeding and preparing teams for doing any kind of bgc type battling will be made much easier i personally would pay 30 dollars if they had an inverse bottle cap (laughs) where i could make any pokemon's speed stat zero ivs for trick room teams because breeding for zero iv trick room pokemon is the worst experience ever (laughs) uh but that's it's different for everyone but that's what part one says it's including part two says it's including a new area, new Pokemon, 100 new Pokemon, a new co-op play feature, which we talked about was actually walking around in the dens you go into, and new clothing items and more. Part one has clothing items as a bullet point and handy features items and more as a bullet point. This just has clothing items and, and more, more as a bullet point. So I don't exactly know what that is. Oh, I'm sure the walking around the dens is going to be really like that's an extensive bit of programming. So that's why they couldn't do a bunch of other stuff. I, th- I think I think maybe it's maybe obvious, but we're not getting like a 2020 Pokemon game. We are getting one. It's called Mystery Dungeon. Sure. They 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 spent three years on Sword and Shield. I don't know when Sword and Shield got finished. I don't know if that was like August or September or like right up to the point. Uh, because that game didn't ship with an update. So what was there, what was what was there when it came out? And it's been two months since it came out. And they have five more months before the next update came out. And they're using the same engine. So with specifically Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, that game came out in 364 days, less than a year. Using the same engine, and they were able to deliver that game... Timeline-wise, I don't think that this seems rushed. I don't, I don't feel like this was content that was hidden in the game that they cut to sell back to us. Oh, no, not at all. And I don't like people making that argument. I've, I've seen people make that argument. I think that if this DLC had never been announced or didn't exist, that Sword and Shield are the same level of Pokemon game you've always gotten before. That the, the story is there... There's supposedly post game I haven't seen, but it's there's nothing about these that are less than a typical Pokemon game where it would indicate that they cut stuff out for whatever purpose for for creating the DLC. So I I don't want to see that argument. No, I agree. I don't think this one is, but I don't want to see that in the future, and that's a concern. See what in the future what we see with a lot of games where they do cut stuff to sell you back because DLC isn't accepted. Like there's an inherent danger with this DLC in that they can fall into the trap that other companies have where they cut stuff from games and sell it back to you. And that is, that is my prime concern around any DLC, anything. And I have that concern here. I think the breath of wild DLC was very well received. I know one of them was, I, I know another one didn't they have two? They had like two. One it was loved, it was uh, and one people were like, really? And I'm sure there are people that have you know, like the conversation we had with Will's friends last week, 
They played through the game. They saw the credits. They were satisfied with their 60 bucks. They will not buy this, not because they don't think it's a, they don't think it's worth it. They just are playing other games and they don't need more Pokemon in their life at this point in time. Yep. They've moved on. And on the flip side, my husband, who's never played a lot of Pokemon game, bought the expansion pass. So we'll see. Let's take a break. Because <laughs> we've been going forever. This is a long episode. All right. <laughs> uh, we will be right back with our question of the week and our Pokemon of the week. Be right back. Little bit more here. New characters. We didn't talk about this. A man named Mustard will appear in the Island of Armor and will be responsible for players' training. He's a legendary trainer who held the seat of champion for 18 years, back when Dynamax incorporated into battles of the Pokemon League. His record has yet to be beaten. In fact, uh, champion Leon himself trained under Mustard, and Mustard was the first one to recognize Leon's talent. Uh, so there you go. There's some some lore, some history here, which is cool. Uh, clue Pokemon crossover confirmed. Yep. Uh, there are two new rivals that appear in the Island of Armor, Clara and Avery. They are skilled Clara trainers. Clara did it in the dojo with a Liapapa berry. Yep. Okay. They are skilled trainers of poison type Pokemon and psychic type Pokemon, respectively, and they're training hard so they can someday set up a gym and stadium of their own type. Trainers will face different rivals depending on which game they're playing. Clara will specialize in poison-type Pokemon and is training hard at Mustard's Dojo. She'll do just about anything to incorporate to appear adorable and cute, as popularity is what she admires the most of all. That's that's me in a nutshell. I'm a, I try to appear adorable and cute, and I aim for popularity. You're only uh, in it for the popularity. That's true. Yeah, yeah throwback. Sell out. She goes about her days with a smile on her face, but is hiding behind behiding behind it is a calculating nature that she puts to very good use. Avery is one of the trainers who strive to become stronger and musters dojo, and he is a proficient user of psychic Pokemon. He is gentlemanly and well mannered, but is also very proud. And um, has sweet socks. There was a there was a little bit of people talking about how maybe Avery is non binary, uh, but doesn't seem to be the case according to this press release. Yeah, which is a missed opportunity. New features added in the Island of Armor and Crown Tundra. There are over a hundred... Wait, what? There will be over 100 new clothing items added in the island. That's actually way more... Well, I mean, are they but counting... I already have a gray hoodie sweatshirt. What more do I need? They, like, add one hoodie and then name add 20 colors to it. And they call it... Well... They, in the Island of Armor and the Crown Tundra, in the Island of Armor, trainers will also find new items that will help along their journey, such, such as the Experience Charm that will come in handy while leveling up their new Pokemon. New tutor moves that have never been available in the past Pokemon Core series game will also appear in the Island of Armor expansion along with Restricted Sparring where trainers will be limited to what, what types of Pokemon they can be used and forced to battle under set conditions. 
In the Crown Tundra expansion, trainers and their friends will be able to enter and explore dens in a new gameplay feature. Deep inside these dens, they will have a chance to encounter legendary Pokemon from previous Pokemon core game series. Um, so, for example, they showed uh, new forms of Articuno, Moltres, and Zapdos. And they've shown old legendary Pokemon returning, such as the Regis and... Well, the Regis had new forms also. Yeah, that's true. Or are they just... Are they, are they new are they forms or are they new, new Regis? Regis? Uh, they could be new I, Regis. Cool for me. They, they looked great. I can't tell if that was sarcasm. <laughs> no, no, I'm excited for them. Reggie Electric and Reggie... Reggie Yivatal. Mm. Reggie... What is it? Reggie Steel is already one. So what would this one be? Reggie Dragon? Reggie Red. <laughs> Many I Pokemon... I what that means, not sure. ...found in the Galar Wild Area will make their home on the island of Armor or Crown Tundra. Trainers will have their Galar Pokedexes updated. They can register even more Pokemon as they discover. The Island of Armor, players will aim to complete the Isle Armor Pokedex, while in Con Tundra, they will be working on the Crown Tundra Pokedex. So because these are separate Pokedexes, they're not going to take away your shiny charm. I don't know why people are, like, worried about that. Like, in what reality would they be like, well, well, it doesn't work anymore. Doesn't work. Turned off. Um, I am assuming there will probably be a reward for completing these two, but who knows. The real, the ultra shiny charm? Yeah. So you can finally get your ultra shinies? There are Pokemon dens on the Island of Armor and Crown Tundra, just like in the wild area. When trainers check out the den that has a pillar of red light coming out of it, they will be able to participate in a max raid battle. There are battles where players will be able to team up with 300 trainers to take on Dynamax Pokemon. In the Pokemon dens of the Island of Armor and Crown Tundra, trainers will be able to encounter Pokemon that are not found in the wild area. They will be able to invite their friends to join these max raid battles, and just not friends who are playing using the Pokemon Sword Expansion Pass or Shield Expansion Pass, players will be able to invite to have friends, even if they are playing Sword and Shield without the Expansion Pass, to join them. So that answers that question for people. So not only <laughs> can you get all 200 new Pokemon without paying, you can also participate in these new Max Raid Dens without paying. Which yeah, is... but it's locked behind a paywall, so. <laughs> <laughs> One person pays, and then everyone else benefits. Exactly. Uh, there was so the... who, which of you is going to pay? I'll, uh, Wait, well, you, Greg, did. you already paid, so we'll, we'll benefit did, off you. So you're... I'll expect checks in the mail for your thirds. Okay. Uh, we talked about the 1.1 updates with the sneak peek. If you purchase the pre-order early, you will get the outfits. We talked about that. They're kind of ugly. Let's uh, let's save all the mystery dungeon stuff till next week. There's actually a lot okay. here for the mystery dungeon stuff, and I don't want to just. As much as I'm not a mystery dungeon fan, I don't want to like give it a disservice. I think that the fact that a spinoff game didn't come out on mobile is actually a big deal. Uh, so we'll save all the mystery dungeon stuff for next week. There is a new so to finally get <laughs> to finally get away from all the DLC Pokemon news. I think we covered it all. Uh, there is a new online competition called the Galar Newcomers. You can sign up until January 30th. We'll go more in depth on that next week. 
but just like everyone who missed the signups for the first period, just sign up now. <laughs> you don't have to register your team until the competition starts. Um, so we'll get that out of the way. I do want to talk about this, though. But the Pokemon Company also announced changes to the TCG. And I wanted... Big changes that I don't understand. Big changes. I don't play it. This was unexpected. They didn't talk about this in the Direct. They just posted on Pokemon.com. No one ever checks Pokemon.com. That's why we got to read it. Uh, so the new Sword and Shield TCG starts February 7th, 2020. It will have 200 Pokemon cards. Um, it will introduce VMAX Pokemon and Pokemon V cards. Make your jokes now. There's, nope. a, there's a couple big changes. I think Will will have some good insight here, and Greg will be like, why did they make these changes? Yeah, why did they make these? Because that's true. Why did you do this? Okay, these are huge changes, which I think goes back to our conversation of maybe them... I know Greg and I disagree on the competitive stuff, but these are pretty unheard of changes in the TCG, which is why I'm thinking they will make some dramatic changes in the video game. Is the dog back? The donk is not back. Okay. In fact, the donk it's even, will never be back. In fact, it's even harder to donk. So the first yeah. change here is first turn. At the start of X and Y series, a rule was introduced to prevent a player from go- from attacking on their first turn. Starting February twenty first, twenty twenty, the date that the Pokemon TCG becomes legal for tournament play, there is an additional restriction: the player who goes first cannot play a supporter card on their first turn. This change is to attempt to make it less ad- less of an advantage to go first. Some strategies may benefit when a player goes second, but others might not work out if a player goes first. We hope this results in interesting choices in both gameplay and deck building. Please note that the Pokemon TCG pre-release events will be played using these rules. Nice. I like that one. So, Will, do you want to explain real quick just what a supporter card is and why it's important that you can't play it now? So, a supporter is typically represented by a NPC from the Pokemon world. Um, you can only play one for t- per turn, so they usually have a more powerful effect. I mean, the good ones. There, there are always bad supporters out there. But um, the other thing is a lot of there is a lot of supporters that do things to your opponent. So if you're playing one on your first turn and doing things to your opponent that has just gotten set up when they haven't even had a chance to play it all yet, that's really unfair. Like you could play an N on your first turn and cause your opponent to have to like just reshuffle in their hand in and lose one card, which is just mean if they like were like looking forward to like having a good turn and now all of a sudden they can't have that turn that they were planning for anyways. So I like that one. I think there was so before the X and Y change, which was what X and Y was six, seven years, six years ago, five years ago. There was a statistic that said uh, that, uh, obviously, just I, I, I'm pretty sure it was, if you went first, you were 80% likely to win the game in the Pokemon trading card game, statistically. And then when they, they changed it so you couldn't attack on your first turn, that dramatically <laughs> reduced that statistic. Uh, because back in the day, there used to be a donk. Uh, so if you went first and you were able to play a supporter on your first turn and attack on your first turn, you were able to knock out your opponent before they even were able to play and you would win the game. Uh, that was very, very popular back in the, the black and white series. The donk. Okay. This is another big change, although it doesn't seem that big on, it doesn't seem that big when I'm reading it, but it's actually super important. Weakness and resistance. 
Resistance. So for over a decade, all the way back to the Diamond and Pearl series, Resistance always meant that a Pokemon would take 20 less damage from the listed type. However, Pokemon introduced in Pokemon Sword and Shield will have a resistance of negative 30 instead of negative 20. So for example, Zacian V has a resistance of negative 30 to grass type Pokemon. Any Pokemon in a previous series will have a negative 20 resistance will be continued to be treated that way, following what's written on the card. So you might think, oh, that's not a big deal. They've only changed it from 20 to 30. What does 10 damage actually mean? 10 damage, like, makes and breaks a lot of Pokemon trading card games. Yeah, it does. Um, so, <laughs> like, let me ask the questions. Like, don't ask these questions for me. I have one job. Oh, sorry, sorry Greg. Ask the question. Jeez. What difference does 10 damage make? That doesn't seem like a lot. Uh, so, so, 10 damage is a lot. So, specifically in the Black and White series, I think this is the easiest to understand. Um, there, there were two very dominant Pokemon that had uh, 130 HP. But the problem is almost all the Pokemon in that game did 120 damage. So it was very hard to knock out a, any of these Pokemon because the threshold of damage was 120 and a lot of Pokemon had 130 HP. Um, there were Pokemon that could do more than 120 damage, but it was a lot harder to do that. Most games are won by either one-shotting a Pokemon or two-shotting a Pokemon. Yeah, because there's always multipliers and everything like that. So that's what you have to keep in mind. So it, does this deal, like we've talked about it before, but does, does this deal with the power creep in an effective way? Does it deal with HP creep in an effective way? Like, do, well, what whether do you it's going to be effective is TBD, but... Okay, I but think like, it is, is your initial way, impression that it will be, or I, is it like it's a that way of addressing it, yes. I, I think it's a way of addressing it. I also think that they've done a bad job at making resistance matter. <laughs> uh, for the most part, like, even if something had resistance, which is pretty, which wasn't as common as you would think, uh, you were doing so much damage anyway that it didn't matter. We'll have to see how many new cards are focused around resistance. Um, and there might be more resistances because they are now changing they are now changing weakness as well. So weakness is the same, except they are changing matchup types, which is actually huge. So traditionally, so let me read, let me read it what, what's happening, and then I'll go back to traditionally. Water-type Pokemon will, were weakness to lightning instead of grass. Psychic-type Pokemon have a weakness to darkness instead of psychic. And dark Pokemon will now be weak to grass instead of fighting. <laughs> so this is, this Which is makes like, sense. Yes, this is like really weird. Water. So what they're saying is water type Pokemon were traditionally always weak to grass. There were exceptions to that. But now they're saying the primary, the primary amount of water Pokemon cards that will exist will be weak to lightning instead of grass. There will probably be exceptions. Psychic type Pokemon were almost always weak to psychic. So if... For, so if it was Mewtwo versus Mewtwo, which is a very popular matchup because Mewtwo cards are normally very good, Mewtwo would always be weak to each other. And now they're changing it so Psychic-type Pokemon are weak to Dark-type Pokemon. But Dark-type Pokemon were always weak to fighting, but now they're changing Dark-type Pokemon to be weak to grass, which I guess technically makes sense because water will no longer be weak to grass. <laughs> 
So, and and just for Greg's understanding, yeah, like gr- why grass? That's grass. Like, that's not a thing in the game. Grass is bug and grass, and oh. psychic poison before, was grass or psychic. No, no, poison was psychic, and before psychic was psychic ghost and poison. So that's why uh. psychic was weak to psychic. Fighting was also fighting rock and ground. Yes. So now here's... <laughs> here's one of the biggest changes ever. The fairy type, which was introduced in the X and Y series, will no longer be supported in Sword and Shield series. I feel series. bad for fairy types. I, I like, don't. I don't. Just because I fairy was on its own and it was being weird and it just it never should have happened. Yeah. Rude. Uh, They like being alone. Don't treat your introverts like that. Pokemon that were fairy types in the video game series will now generally be represented as psychic type Pokemon in the Pokemon TCG. To maintain balance, Pokemon that are poison in the video games will now be represented as dark type Pokemon instead instead of psychic type. For the time being, basic fairy energy can still be used in the standard format, but this may, this rule may be changed in the future. So, uh, so let's let's kind of back up here. When the Pokemon trading card game first came out, there was Grass, Fire, Water, Lightning, Psychic, Fighting, and Colorless. And then when they added Dark and Steel to the video game, they then added Darkness and Metal to the TCG. And that remained pretty unchanged until they were like, until they were like, let's add Dragon. <laughs> Uh, type to the Which Pokemon. Dragon wasn't too bad because it didn't have its own energy. It always just relied on a combination of other energies. Right. So when they added Dragon, which was a big deal, they didn't add Dragon. Well, they added Dragon energy, but it was like a special energy. It was no basic energy. Yeah. And Dragon, for the most part, was just weak to Dragon, like the video game was. And then they added Fairy, and they made Dragon weak to Fairy. And they made some dark Pokemon weak to fairy, but not all dark Pokemon were strong to psychic because psychic was usually weak to psychic, but then also some dark Pokemon were weak to fighting. So if anything, all fairy really did was make dark Pokemon be in this weird spot uh, and made dragons be in a weird spot. And then like fairy was only weak to, for the most part, metal because... Poison Pokemon were classified as psychic, but fairy was never weak to psychic. So you have this type, which was supposed to make the game more fun, but instead it just made pretty much all dragon Pokemon pretty useless, and it didn't actually benefit metal Pokemon. Like, you would think, like, oh, well, you just counter fairy with metal, but metal was still never really good, because metal was also weak to fire, and some were weak to fighting. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to explain because there's always exceptions to that. You could always look at a card and you could be like, yeah. well, this one's weak to something. But it added this weird, um, not like loophole. It just, you you would think you're adding a mechanic to make the game more fun. And I don't think Fairy ever felt like, oh boy, this is even more fun now that we're playing with Fairy. <laughs> Well, I mean, my first Xerneas deck was, and then it wasn't fun anymore. 
Thumbs up, thumbs down from both of you. Thumbs up, very going away good. Oh, thumbs up. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, thumbs yeah. up. This actually we, makes me really excited to the game. Yeah. play it. Um, I still don't like the like best two out of three that they have. Like, I understand the best two out of three because like sometimes you can get caught off guard by a deck, but now that you know how the deck works, you have such a good advantage to maybe counter that the next time you play. It's just, it's just Pokemon TCG games take way too long. And so when you're in a tournament setting of like, okay, it's best two out of three and you lose the first match and that was like a 25 minute game, you have like 20 minutes to try to tie it. And then you have this like third game that's going to go to time. So you might as well just flip a coin of who wins because it's like who's going to go first and who's going to get set up faster. And we only have three turns. You're going to get disqualified. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like ideally, like the smart play to do would be like, Okay, I'm losing, so I'm going to scoop right away within, like, the first 10 minutes so I can get a better second game in, so I can get a strong third game in. But inherently, like, they could still drag out that second game, so you can't even get a strong third game in. And the Pokemon T- the Pokemon video, the Pokemon VGC has built-in timers, and those games go much faster. So even if, like, the time limit was 45 minutes, the timer in the game is 15 minutes locked so you can fit three games in in 45 minutes um or at most you're going to win two games at 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 most in 30 minutes so you get 15 minutes to like recoup before the next match um and and that's to say if your game is going to 15 minutes uh so i still think an inherent problem with the tcg is how long it takes which I, I I don't I don't know if I don't know if, I don't know if the new cards will make those games feel faster and still fun, but I think removing fairy type is a good is is good. I think it's fine. Um, and then I think ideally you see more dragon, and you probably still don't see more metal. But metal is it's whatever. <laughs> metal is whatever <laughs> like i don't know how you save metal for uh, metal at this point um but uh sure i mean it'll exist i'm trying to think if there was any actually really good metal decks and i can't think of one right now uh reggie Steele had like a half second in the sun yeah i think mel metal had a, le- a quarter of a second in the sun for the most part uh, there's some other changes. Uh, they've they've changed some cards specifically for expanded, like Lumberry, Palpad, Citrusberry, Quickball. Uh, those were changed. Uh, there's a, now a new term called Pokemon Checkup, which replaces the phase between turns. Uh, after a player completes a turn, you will enter the checkup phase. Uh, you will check for special conditions in this order: poison, burned, asleep, and paralyzed. You will check abilities that happen during the checkup phase. Um, it's pretty much just an extra step to make sure everyone's doing what they should be doing. Um, they've changed some regulation marks. They've changed some text removal reminders of like, hey, uh, make sure you check if it says before you attack or after you attack. Or they will probably start writing cards with during the checkup phase on them. In black and white, they started using the term heal. For example, it would say heal 30 damage from your Pokemon. Prior to that, it would say remove 30 damage, ca- three damage counters from your Pokemon. In Sword and Shield, a similar term will be introduced. Going forward, this term will be called recover. 
so the Pokemon Center Lady has been updated in Sword and Shield to say heal 60 damage from one of your Pokemon and it will recover all special conditions. It will still have the same effect, but it is now recover, re, renamed as Recover. Yeah, big changes. Very, very unexpected. Uh, I think very positive changes. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Uh, there's a bunch of Pokemon Go news. Uh, new Pokemon got added to Pokemon Go. We'll talk about that next week. There was a new movie preview for Japan. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> we could probably talk about a lot of things next week because this is really long. Yeah. Gabe sent in the TCG stuff, so thank you. Kevin sent in the movie stuff, so thank you. Brandon sent in the Build-A-Bear stuff. No thank you. Question of the week, Greg. All right, ready? If you don't ask this now, you will never ask it again. We are just here waiting for the question of the question of the week. I don't know that one. Name that tune. It's a new game. I can't. I don't know it. I don't recognize it. I know. It. Well, we'll leave it for everybody else. Go. Okay. Ask the question. In a world that now has Pokemon D- DLC, and given what we've seen so far, what would you like to see in the DLC that has not been seen? An actual storyline. <laughs> like, how good a story are we talking? Like, Rainbow Rocket, or better than that? Um, I would... So, if there's something as... if there, Like, Rainbow Rocket actually had a fairly okay story, like, but they just sort of, like, stopped it. I would like to see, like, a similar storyline along those, but, you know, that maybe gave me, I don't know, five extra hours of storyline content to go through. Like, that's that's what I want. Like, I would like an actual, like, reason for Rose doing anything that he did, or more lore stuff, or, like, an exploration of... What happened to the two heroes? Why they dropped down to one? Like all those unanswered questions, I would like tied up. Oh yeah, in plot lines. Like give me conclusions to those stories. Have me have Hop starting research with Sonia to find more answers. Like if I get five hours of that in each, like hey, we found out in this tundra, this is you know the king Pokemon, and this is how this changes everything. Like if I got five hours of storyline that sort of tied off a lot of those end ends. I'd be happy. Will, what what do you what do you want? Uh ability to change my Pokeballs to different Pokeballs. Um hmm. I don't know. I mean th- th- there's so much that this game can do for me at this point still that the the field is open. Uh you know, I just I'm just looking for an enjoyable adventure. Maybe I mean, I would say contests, you know, once again, something different, a different way to compete that's not battling, but I don't think we're going to see that, so. Mm. (sighs) I would like to also see, like, maybe more brand new Pokemon, too. That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like, more Galarian forms or more actual just Galarian Pokemon. Like, we're getting, we got a hint of a few of that, but if there are... Like five more to the Pokedex, I would be probably happy with that too. Yeah. What do you want, Steve? Uh I was I was serious I mentioned it earlier. I was serious about like a reverse bottle cap. The mints, the bottle caps, like they've made everything easy for breeding. Like they are that is true that you could find a Max Den raid for Mudsdale. 
catch said Mudsdale, level it pretty easily with candy, give it a mint if it's the wrong nature, and then bottle cap what you need to, and it's good to go, and that is super fast, and probably what people want. But you cannot do that at all if you're making a trick room team. There's just like having 31 in having perfect speed stat is the opposite of what you want. Um, and if it was a if it was like even if you weren't running a trick room team, like having a 31 in in physical attack on a chandelier is not great. Uh, one, because you're not going to use it, and two, you're probably going to get foul played, which is a very popular dark type move that is used in competitive, and foul play is based off of your physical attack, so Chandelure with a high physical attack is, there's like a difference between foul play killing you in two turns and foul play killing you in three turns. Um, so, they've made it easy to get competitive Pokemon ready unless you were dependent on having slow Pokemon. And there is a reason why you would want Pokemon to be slow besides Trick Room or to have a lower attack. Um, because even if your attack was high, uh, that would mean you would take more confusion damage. So again, any like special Pokemon does not need a high attack just because of confusing being uh, a status condition. So if they had a bottle cap that made, a, made your IVs zero... I think that would be the final tool for somebody building competitive things. I don't know if I'm missing anything else. Uh, it would be very nice to have a shiny hunting, a new shiny hunting method in the game. I don't know if they would be so bold to do that. I think that the shiny hunting in this game is... <sighs> I talked about this before on Twitch, but... When I'm shiny hunting in this game, all shiny hunting is boring. Let me get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, I I just feel like I wish I was doing something else because the other things to do in Sword and Shield are more fun. Like when everyone recently this past week was getting different flavors of Alcremi, I was like, man, that seems way more fun than to be riding my bike in a circle or knocking out 500 Miractus. I do like the fact that the knockout, the catch method rewards you permanently. And I think with Pokemon games, it's always a marathon, not a sprint. So if you're knocking out, you know, 30 Cramorant a day, within two months, your Cramorant's shiny chance will be permanent forever. And you will probably run into one Cramorant a day in the future. <laughs> um, so I do like that. I just think the, I just think that method is is it will be more rewarding in six months than it is right now. And so to give players maybe something else, like a third option, would be kind of nice. Um, but again, I think I don't think it's a fault to the shiny hunting in the game. I think shiny hunting is always inherently boring. Um, I just think that Sword and Shield has done a good job of making you care about other things. Uh, like, hey, we promoted Pokemon this week in Max Raid Dens. Maybe you should do them. Or, hey, we're starting a new Galar tournament at the end of this week. Or, hey, Season 2 started and you can earn bottle caps um, by participating. Uh, I think it's done a very good job of, of doing that. And I think it's going to do... A, 
a very good job in June where it's like, hey, we have a whole new area for you to explore. Are you sure you want to spin in a circle for the next five days hatching eggs? <laughs> um, so that's that's what I think I would like to see. I, I, yeah, bottle caps and maybe like a new shiny hunting method in, in the game. Will, Pokemon of the Week. All right, last week's Pokemon of the Week. It was a poem. I'll read it again. In the matter of finding our Pokemon creatures, particular aspects we must reconcile. Their name, their species, abilities quite surely, but also the route where they domicile. In Unova on 4 and 18, if you're lucky, you'll see this week's eating a Yapapa berry. In Kalos, in hordes on Route 5, there are many, practicing to intimidate to appear very scary. On our return to Hoenn, we traveled quite far to 113, and then we must look very closely. This week's Pokemon can only be found if it peeks out its head, perhaps to be nosy. While visiting Alola, our first trip, no dice. Yet on our return, without too much luck, we discovered some boys before the Red Meadow and some girls near the town with a broken-down truck. Grand Galar, with its castles, its curries, its camps, appears to have two routes we can place. The mystery Pokemon, Motostoke Outskirts is one, and Galar Mine number two, it does grace. One last bit of advice, if you would be so keen to find a species member with the ability stated, travel to the wild area, peer into a den. If it's in a max raid, you'll be quite elated. All right. Who's that? So easy. Who's the Pokemon? (laughs) It's... Scullipede. Well, you got part of it, right? It's Scraggy. It's Scraggy. Scolipede is not even in <laughs> Galar. As far as I know. No, it's not. Well, not yet. Not yet. For 30 bucks, though, maybe. Yeah, behind the paywall, you'll get it. Scraggy has no trivia about it. It what? does, too. That is Scraggy not true. appears to be based on a sort of lizard in addition with That's its not molten trivia. skin That's the pants. origin. Scraggy oh. seems to encapsulate stereotypes of youth subcultures, particularly hip hop or punk. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, Scraggy's got the mohawk. Ash did have a Scraggy. It has Scrappy to be and baggy. It always used to hit its head on things. It was very cute. Shuffle icon's pretty good. I honestly can't tell the difference between the shiny. <laughs> Oh, it's one of those, is it? Yeah, I'm look. Oh, it's is it just that it's a slightly darker orange? Yeah, it's 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 pretty obvious in Sword and Shield. The 3DS had oh, very it? bad color differences. True. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot darker. Oh, okay. Will I guess? Uh, okay, next week's something a little different for you. Um, although. I'll be in Texas next week, so people are going to have two weeks to chew on this one. Previous to science identifying that we live in a deterministic universe, the ancients believed that gods or demigods set out the path that human lives would take. The apportioners in Greece, Clotho, Lachesis, and Atropos, or the Scandinavian Norns, for example, Euror, Veronti, and Skuld. Verdandi, I'm sorry, mispronounced that one. In Indo-European descendant cultures... Fates are typically represented as three. There is a resident of Annie Star City that frequently speaks of fate. In video game, manga, and anime alike, 
They frequently speak of what is to come as a warning so that hopefully the foreseen can be changed. They also present a trinity. Sigilith, with the, with the ability Magic Guard, Slow King, with the ability Oblivious, and Meowstic Female, with the ability Infiltrator. While Anistar City is known for its large sundial, this week's individual is known for two items. First, they wear a cloak with a star-filled pattern print, as zero gravity is said to promote psychic power. Second, they have a bracelet large enough for two wrists. It has been said that if you place your wrist within this bracelet, our individual can see what your future holds in store. In the strange twisting of time that occurred around the Mega Evolution special, they were able to prepare Kalos for the potential calamity of the battle between Primal Groudon and Primal Kyogre. They also had insight into the eventual disposition of Squishy before the series completion. In the TCG, this individual has a card that works much like the card Switch, except it also heals the benched Pokemon for 30. See, I used heals like we did in back on white days. Mm. All right, that's it. That's it. That's our show. A super long one. Yeah, oof. Duh. Didn't, didn't expect this. I was like, hey, if we, cover no, if, we, that. if we cover no news, we'll get through it all in 90 minutes. Uh, yeah. That didn't work. That's okay, though. We'll be back next week. Uh, I started... We'll <laughs> be back next week with a half an hour episode. <laughs> I, uh, there, there was a couple people asking for the podcast to go on YouTube. We've done this song and dance before. I actually looked at my YouTube earlier, and I was like, oh, wow, I uploaded a lot of episodes on YouTube a long time ago and then stopped because they weren't doing well. If you care about that, or if you have a friend, or if you want to share the show, uh, and YouTube is the easiest way to go, it'll be in the show notes, youtube.com slash pkmncast. So, uh, I don't know, hit the bell, subscribe. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you don't need to listen to get on YouTube, but... If you have friends that listen to podcasts only on YouTube, uh, and this this is the way to share it, share, share you will. Uh, <laughs> I am going to see if we can do a little bit of exclusive, not exclusive, but a little bit of content to YouTube. I know like when I stream on Twitch, uh, those streams are like six to eight hours long, and no one wants to sit through that. So I am looking for somebody to help me with that. Uh, so if you are interested, uh, feel free to reach out to me on Slack or Discord. Uh, I'm looking for a video editor. It would be paid to cut some content to put on YouTube. Uh, just like highlights, exciting parts, me ranting about dumb stuff. Uh, if you're interested in that, cool. Also, shout out to my wife. She spent the last three years with chatting with Twitter to get the handle PKMNCast on Twitter. So every episode we say at Pokemon Podcast on Twitter. I do still own that handle, but uh, Irene has officially got PKMNCast for Twitter. So our Twitter is updated to that. So now it's PKMNCast on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, um, all that stuff, which is a very incredible feeling. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. Uh, speaking of Twitter, Greg is on Twitter at White Wing. Will is on Twitter at Washing the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake. Hopefully you enjoyed the long episode. Hopefully you made it to the end. Uh, thank you for anyone who signed up for Patreon this week. Thank you for anyone who left a review. Uh, we will be back next week. No Will. 
Only Greg and I to argue about DLC. Oh, and we're going to get into it. You won't believe what will happen in next we week's episode. Number number five will blow you away. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are... Super effective. Super, it's a deer, not a rabbit. Gotta get that controversy clicks. Like every podcast on the internet, we are supported by Patreon. A shout out to all the producer level or higher patrons, starting with Pancakes, Anthony, Noah, Patrick, Jetsy, Alex, Catherine, Pat Matrick, Jeffrey, Kevin, and Cygnus. Thank you so much for the support. If you would also like to support and join our Slack community, you can do so over at ise.cash, or the link is in the show notes below. I guess it's below if you're holding your phone. Well, or maybe not. Anyways, ise.cash is the easiest way to go there. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week.